We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to a special episode, Corner Mania. Shout out to everybody, the Corner Club. Y'all have wanted the fire, y'all have wanted the heat. Y'all are asking, where is it? Where is that work? We are here now. In which, you guys are getting spoiled. Because we haven't dropped podcasts on Wednesdays in forever. And yeah. usually they drop on Thursdays. Last week it was Friday. And today, Wednesday morning, y'all are hitting us up. Like, yo, where is it? I understand it's Mania Week. I understand UFC is going on. We got a little boxing. We were just in, you know, Mayweather's hot-ass gym. There's a lot going on this week. Don't worry. We got you. We are here. Kel Dansby, old man Andreas Hale in a building. 
Dre, what's going on? Are you ready for this week? Well, I mean, when you announce a show, you got to do like the radio air horns, because it's like supersized and it's kind of a big deal because we got so much going on. Um, I guess a lot of people have been waiting for this episode. I had a few people in my DMs. I forgot. I don't I don't lock my DMs for people that I don't follow. So I appreciate that. People's like, yo, where's the episode? I need it. Um, I appreciate everybody on Twitter looking for it. So, yeah, man, this is a big episode with a lot to talk about. It's probably one of the busiest combat sports weekends of the year in totality. I don't know if anything's bigger than this. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Um man, there's just so much and then just the unknown has made this week and this weekend even bigger. And we'll talk about that with the UFC, the last second changes, WWE. We still don't know what the hell John Cena's doing at WrestleMania. I don't think he knows. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm gonna be there. You're gonna cut the check. We'll figure it out somewhere somewhere in the middle. At this point, he might tag with Braun. Who knows? We have a lot, a lot, a lot to figure out during this show. But we can't start with wrestling, right? The people got to wait. Because I, I feel I feel like that can't be the kickoff to the show because there's so much to talk about. Ring of Honor. You know, no, you know how many people you just made mad right now? They're like, get to the combat wrestling. <laughs> Hold on, y'all got to wait for that. Uh, way too much other combat sports. So... We got to talk about everything. Let's start with uh, boxing because that's the quickest one to get through. We have a card this weekend. We're going to be in attendance. Everyone who is listening, it's your one and only warning. If you're part of your corner club, do not make me show up at your crib and super kick you. We are on a freeze Saturday night. Do not blow this for us. We're not watching Ring of Honor or NXT until Sunday morning. Yeah, we have we have boxing. It's the craziest thing because of all the things that we're going to be at. And not that I'm mad to be at this because this is actually a really good card on Saturday night. Um, Jared Hurd versus Arisandi Lara. Uh, J-Rock uh, is back in action. Um, there's an untelevised fight between Sergio Mora and Alfredo Angulo that I was like, what? That's untelevised? Um, it's pretty damn loaded. Caleb Truax versus James DeGale, the rematch from one of the biggest ups since 2018. Super loaded card. But like that's not what I want to be at. I'd rather watch that one on TV. But Sarah, Sarah, it is what it is. That's where we're going to be at. And yeah, um, I'm not going to have to worry about super kicking any of you because I'm muting everything and I'm not looking at my mentions. Like I'll be tweeting, but I, there will be nothing coming back. Like it's it's one way traffic here because all I'm doing is tweeting about the fight that I'm at. I ain't talking about NXT. I'm not talking about Ring of Honor. I'm not talking about nothing until I get back in order Sunday morning when it's WrestleMania night. You think someone hashtag UFC 223 and just tell you who won the North American Championship just on the swerve? Why would you? Why would you? Give me <laughs> <back>? <laughs> Look, man, that, uh, I will be watching UFC 223 from ringside at the boxing match. I will have my UFC fight pass because I get it for free. And I will be and I get all the pay-per-views for free because I'm a ranking committee person. With some of you people, there's a lot of people that don't know I'm on the ranking committee, and I prefer to keep it that way because people bash the ranking committee. I'm not part of those fools that make the terrible rankings. I do a good job of my shit. I do it every week. But anyway, <laughs> I'll be ringside watching UFC 223 and trying to write. Fortunately, Mike Coppinger for Ring Magazine is going to be handling the deadline writing. So all I have to do is kind of watch the fights and then write columns afterwards. So I'm in a good spot. So I could watch UFC 223 and be ringside for Lara and Jared Hurt. Listen, I'll be down there next to you ringside, and I'm just going to be bootlegging your stream. 
<laughs> I do not get all the perks. I do not get pay-per-views for free. I, unlike spoiled people, have to go to Miller's Ale House when stuff isn't in Vegas and sit there with the common folk and get stupid drunk watching good fights. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, Sometimes there's nothing it's wrong more with fun that. that way. Yeah, listen. Well, I'd rather get stupid drunk at your house for free. That but, is true. <laughs> but tomorrow or Saturday, we're good to go. Good boxing. Let's uh, go through those four boxing matches real quick. Sergio Mora, Alfredo Angulo, only eight rounds. That surprised me. Thought it'd be a 10-rounder, but eight rounds. Still, Angulo, all he knows how to do is throw hands. No defense, no nothing else. Throw hands. Either he's knocking someone out or he's getting knocked out. I think he's going to get knocked out, even though Sergio Mora is kind of warm. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad fight. If this was a few years ago, I would have said Angulo because he was a pressure fighter. He was a lot of fun to watch. But those wars have finally got to El Perro. And, um, you know, it's funny because he was a sparring partner with Sergio Mora when Sergio Mora was on the contender. So these guys are very familiar with each other. I think it works out better for Mora. Um, yeah, he's light punching, but he did knock down Daniel Jacobs, which is crazy to me when you really think about it. Sergio Mora knocked down Daniel Jacobs. So that being said, um, it's eight rounds, so it's not a lot of time. I guess Mora could win a decision, but I wouldn't be surprised with the mid to late round stoppage. Yeah, that's crazy. So Jacobs been knocked out by Triple G and Sergio Mora. Yeah, ain't that some shit? End of list. It, well, <laughs> no. Well, he, I mean, Jacobs hasn't been knocked out as well. He has a loss on his record. People forget about that. Oh, he did. They, they, was he going through cancer? Um, it was right around the time. The main thing was his grandmother had just passed. Like his head really wasn't in the fight. I remember being, you know, being around him, and he wasn't really into the, the Dimitri Pirog fight. Um, I forgot what it was on the undercard. It was back in 2010. Um, seeing him all week, you were just like, yeah, is he okay? And you think, you know, maybe he's just focused, but he wasn't. And he caught a bad one in the fifth round and was knocked out. Um, but that's the only other time he's lost. Crazy. Um, then we have J-Rock, Julian Williams, coming back against Nathaniel Gallimore. J-Rock gets the knockout. But it's interesting to see how aggressive he is. Like, bouncing back from a devastating knockout loss um to the the bigger charlo uh and the confidence is what carried j-rock still talking shit still popping shit that swag all that does he lose a step does he lose some of that now or is it just like yo one guy can knock me out good luck to everybody else well look there's two things at play here one j-rock losing was a surprise to a lot of people but it's made him a little bit more humble he hasn't talked anything talked any shit about nathaniel gallimore heading into this fight um i got him to say a few things today because Gallimore told me he was going to knock him out. Uh, Gallimore, I believe, has knocked seven opponents out in a row. Um, kid's from Jamaica, raised in Chicago, tough kid. Um, he's got a little bit of pop. Um, but, you know, he, he might be in over his head. It's just, it's re- it'll be really telling because uh, J-Rock, since the loss to Charlo, he hasn't really had a defining moment. People have put him back in, in the back of the line. And this is, uh, I believe, an IBF title eliminator fight. So if, if uh, J-Rock wins, he's back in the mix. And maybe he fights the other Charlo. Um, but that being said, I think Julian Williams, you know, he's got a little bit more experience. Gallimore is a new kid on the block. I wouldn't be that surprised if Gallimore won because the kid does hit hard. But I'm picking J-Rock here. Um, he's got to get back, back on track. Uh, he needs a big win. And this isn't even a big win, but it'll put him in a position for a title fight. That's the key. And if you got to fight a Charlo, I'd definitely fight him, the lighter Charlo. Even Man, though he's been wrecking either. people. Yeah, I'm not fighting either of those. Yeah, the nasty knockout last year. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy right now. Um, Then we have Caleb Truex versus James DeGaulle, like you mentioned earlier. This time, I'm going with DeGaulle to win. 
Oh, I mean, dude, a lot of people no don't. Upsets, man. <laughs> people don't understand the gravity of how much of an upset Degal losing to Caleb Truex was. Truex is a solid fighter, but Degal is a, a you know, an Olympic fighter. The guy's, I mean, he's looked excellent. Uh, he had a hell of a fight with Badu Jack, and then you know the Truex fight was supposed to be kind of a warm up. Um, to get him back in the mix, and he just lost. And he's complained about his shoulder being hurt. And, and there's a problem here because he said he underestimated Truex, and then he complained about injuries after the fight. When fighters do that and go into an immediate rematch, I'm a little concerned about their confidence because usually you should just shut the hell up, say the better man won, and I'm going to prove to you that it was a fluke rather than saying I was oh, I was suffering through injuries. Like, you don't need to cop, please. Just go win a fight. Um, and it sounds Truex, like what Joanna kind of – Joanna did it the right way. We'll yeah, and, and, and that's why I'm a little concerned about Joanna as well. Um, but in the case of Truex, I mean, he's not the more skilled fighter. He's just He just gutted it out. Could he do it again? I don't think so. I think James DeGaulle is a more skilled fighter. I think he has a lot more ability here. Um, if he flips that jag out there, jab out there and keeps that busy, he could win this fight. Um, but it's not, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk. I think it, it'll be tough because I don't think Truex – Truex doesn't believe that people give a shit about him. Um, he's got a few more media opportunities and what have you, but in his head, he doesn't, he doesn't really care about any of this. So that being said, he's going to come out there with a ton of heart. Uh, but I just think the has got, he's better athletically. He should be able to pull this win out. I'll tell you a secret. People don't really give a shit about him. Like you know, he thinks is correct. Like he's just the guy who had the upset, uh, doing it twice obviously shows the level of fighter he is. I just, I'm not on board. I, I don't I don't see it for him. But, you know, he has that one win. Sometimes you take the win, you take your money, you get the rematch, you're good. Um, and then main event, Erislandi Lara versus Jared Hurd. Today we saw just how much bigger Hurd is than Lara. And, and it's crazy. And Hurd was moving so smooth and he was quick. And it's an open workout. And just like in the UFC, I'm just like, don't believe what the hell your eyes say in an open workout. Don't change your opinion during an open workout. But you know what? Sometimes you got to change that shit. Um, I think it's going to be more competitive than I thought. I think Hurd is going to be able to solve some of the problems that Laura gives other guys. Uh, just because Laura is always able to get out of the pocket. He's always able to, you know, just throw the jab and move and move and move and not be hit and frustrate people. And I think Hurd's reach and the length will, will kind of negate that somewhat. I'll still take Laura to win because that's going to be the most boring fight of the night. Um, and he just makes it ugly. And he's the king of winning ugly fights. Yeah, it's a tough fight for Jared Hurd. Um, this is a, a big fight for him, probably easily the biggest fight of his career. The issue is, yes, Jared Hurd is the bigger fighter. Um, he's stronger. He's younger. Uh, but then, man, them Cuban amateur fighters, they sure know how to stink out a fight. They, they just truly know <laughs> how to go out there and negate all of your, your strengths and turn them into weaknesses. Uh, but the pro- here's the problem. Arisani Lara has, has lost a fight to a bigger man who was named Paul Williams. And that was based off activity. And a lot of people didn't think Paul Williams won that fight, myself included. Um, but bigger fighters do present a challenge because Lara is not very active. Um, and, and that can present a problem because Jared Hurd, being a younger fighter, I think he comes in there with a ton of confidence and just tries to bull his way forward. The key here is whether or not Jared Hurd can establish his, establish his presence in the opening rounds because if he allows Laura to dictate the pace, it won't be fun. 
So J- Hurd's gonna have to come in there. I mean, get in a clinch, throw Laura on the on the canvas, do something that shows you shows him I'm the bigger and stronger guy, and I'm gonna I'm here to bully you, and I'm gonna make it ugly in a different way. Sean Porter ugly is the, the way I like yeah. to call it. Because Sean Porter comes in there and just kind of muscles you around. Laura likes to try to keep the distance, keep fighters from coming in because he uses that great counter punching because he's Cuban. I don't know what it is about Cubans and reflexes; they're just great counter punches. But that being said. Um, I think it's going to be Jared Hurd's night. I think he's going to find a way to be a little bit more active than Laura than, and win. If they were the same size, I wouldn't pick Laura. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't pick Hurd. The thing about Laura is he's usually the smaller fighter in a lot of these fights in 154. But in this case, I just think, you know, just like Canelo won, I think Jared Hurd can do the same thing. I think he can he can be a little bit more active. It won't be clear if he does win. It'll be controversial. But uh, it, it, it's all dependent on Jared Hurd establishing his presence in the opening three rounds. If that if, if that happens, if that doesn't happen, forget everything I said. Sarah <laughs> by unanimous decision. But see, that's that's the key. You mentioned Sean Porter, right, and how he can kind of bully guys at 147. It's because his size, his muscle, the way he does it is in the upper body. But the way he's able to trap them to impose himself is because his feet are as fast as their feet. His athleticism matches the small guys while his upper body, the size, the physicality, he can put his head in your chest. He can bully you. He can throw you around with the upper body, but the feet are still fast and agile, just like a, just like the lighter guys. I'm not sure Hurd's feet can match and trap Lara. And to an extent, Canelo couldn't trap it. And Canelo mm-hmm. doesn't have fast feet. And that's what the problem was. That's why that fight was so damn close. No, you absolutely right. He couldn't trap him. The feet didn't match the physique. And what I saw today, though, from Hurd, he was moving smooth. I like the way. That's what gave me the little trepidation. Like, oh, this guy might be in it. Just because the feet matched. And it's like, if you can trap him to use your size and use that length and and make sure he can't escape you, then you got a chance. But outside of that, Laura's a magician. You can't cut off the angles. You're a rat. Look, again, Canelo won that fight by being more active. And that was really it. And I had by the skin of his teeth. I believe I had Canelo winning that fight because I said Laura didn't do enough. And I think it's the same case here. And look, man, Arislandi Laura has has issues. If you go back to the fight against Carlos Molina, which a lot of people don't remember, it's back in 2011. He lost because Molina was just more active. Um, and, and Laura has these fits where he thinks he's in control. But rounds are being given to the opponent. Even if you look at, ah, oh man, I believe it was the Austin Trout fight. Um, Trout, before Trout completely disengaged from the fight and mentally just checked out, the fight was even. Because the judges looked at the fight and were like, well, neither of them are really doing nothing. But that's what Lara likes to do. He likes to put you to sleep, make you think you're losing the fight, and mentally check out. He likes to frustrate his opponents. If Hurd is Hurd's young enough mentally to not do that, if he says, you know what, I can beat anybody – and I'm not going to let this guy frustrate me, he can win the fight because it's really activity. You're not going to cut off the ring. You're not going to be the better boxer, per se. Um, but you can be the more physical individual in the ring and win a few rounds on the scorecards. There's ways to just throw a jab out there and Laura doesn't do anything, and you'll win the round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Laura's not looking to throw punches, land punches. Like you said, he's a counterpuncher. He'll sit and wait. And if yeah. you don't give him anything to counter, if your jab is quick... If you're in and out, if you're playing a mirroring game, you'll outland him. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Canelo won that fight with body shots, too. Because it was a lot easier to hit him in the body 
than it was to hit him in the head. And those started to add up. So you look at the copy yeah, box, yeah. you'd be like, damn, he outlanded him by a ton. Yeah, the jab wasn't working, though. That shit was just hitting him to the body all damn fight and, and trying yeah. to run after him and chase him. Um, so that's boxing for the week. Well, yeah. well, do we, we have anything Real else? quick, can we just talk about how Josh, uh, Anthony Joshua looked against Parker? Oh, of course. I forgot that was last weekend. Um, Deontay Wilder in eight. Boom, you go. I, I'm, I'm not going that far. Um, <laughs> but somebody's getting knocked out. Deontay Wilder at eight. Let's go. Yeah, yo, I'm not even sure anymore. I, I look at Anthony Joshua's <sighs> fight against Joseph Parker, and, and here's what I have to say. Joseph Parker's a lot better than people give him credit for. The man was undefeated heading into this fight, and he made a great account of himself, and he has a great chin. I said that from the beginning, that he has a phenomenal chin, and Joshua couldn't knock him out, and he couldn't land that big uppercut. That being said, Joshua's still more disciplined than Deontay Wilder. And that's what concerns me about Wilder is that he makes a mistake. He makes mistakes in fights. And that fight, I, don't, I wouldn't say Deontay Wilder wins in eight. I think it's, a, it's still a very tough fight. Although people will say, oh, well, he didn't knock him out. Joshua still looked good in there. He didn't make very many mistakes. The scorecards were a little wide. But, I mean, what is Deontay Wilder going to show Joshua that's different, that's gonna, that makes you say that Joshua's going to get knocked out? I would say one Joshua does get hit a lot. I thought it was you know just so Klitschko. does Wilder. Let's be clear. So does Deontay Wilder. Yeah, by by the, less less formidable opposition, Deontay Wilder does get clocked, and he was losing bad to Luis Ortiz in those opening rounds. And Joshua's not the opening rounds. I'd say round. I think it was like three through seven. I'm not sure if he got one of those or four through seven. Like he he has a little Conor McGregor in him. Where he gasses hard in the middle of fights. And he got caught with one by Parker and it staggered him. And he was just throwing sloppy. Uh, oh, man, he was fighting sloppy. He didn't. There was points where it didn't look like he could land a punch. Man, are you talking about Joshua or Wilder, though? Joshua. Wilder, Wilder does the same thing. He was thing. stumbling over his own feet. Wilder does the same thing. Thing. Wilder's not an Olympic boxer. If you told me, uh, yes, he is. Oh, excuse me, uh, yeah. Olympic gold medalist. That's what I meant. Sorry, yeah, exactly. sorry, sorry. Exactly. He's not an Olympic gold medalist. When you tell me who has the technical advantage in the fight, everyone was pointing at Joshua. Correct or incorrect? Yeah, he still does have the technical advantage in that fight. It looks sloppy at times. At this point, it. And I say this about Wilder in every fight, every single fight. If he commits to the jab. It's easy and light work. He's so he allergic doesn't. to that shit. And yeah, he, turned he, around, he He turned around the last fight when he was like, oh, the Ortiz fight. Oh, I have a jab. Regular jab. Double jab. Oh, Ortiz is now kind of stuck. He doesn't know what's happening. Boom, he lands the big punch. Instead, a lot of times he's just lazy and just waits for it. So they, they both have holes. This showed me that my, my gut feeling from the beginning is right. Wilder beats Joshua. And Joshua's mm. chin is not Wilder's chin. I mean, Wilder, yeah, Wilder's, he's withstood. He was uh, a cyborg. Uh, he, he went look, Justin Gaethje for a second. Well, so here's the question. Who has faced better opposition, Joshua or Wilder? Joshua. Mm. He beat Klitschko. No easy feat. Well, knocked yeah, him out. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, dude, he come knocked on. him out. He did. He almost got washed. But he yeah, did. But it, it, the, probably are easily the greatest heavyweight of the past 15 years. But was that Klitschko, Klitschko? That's the Klitschko that just lost. 
I, I don't. I, my point is, it's better than anybody that Wilder's faced. Yeah, washed up Klitschko though is better than anybody Deontay Wilder's faced. And I and I think Luis Ortiz is a great fighter, little long in the tooth, a little old, um, but he's a great fighter. But dude, it's Vladimir Klitschko. Yes, he lost to Tyson Fury in a stinky fight. It was horrible. It was not fun to watch. But he lost a crappy fight. But other than that, before the Fury fight. Vladimir Klitschko would look just indestructible in the heavyweight division. He just then, ran roughshod oh, over everybody. Yeah, I got to look it up. Because I feel like he took mad time between those last two fights. Um, but the point being He was is, off having like little babies with the what's-his-face chick from from the Fox show. What is her name? Penitier. From Nashville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, not dude. Nashville. Who Wait, the hell no, watches Nashville? Nashville. Uh, yeah. One of the superheroes. Yes, dude. Hayden Penitier. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this up. Oh, yes. I see. Um, no, because I feel like he just took a lot of time off between those fights. And, man, Father Time creeps up on you. Breathing on his neck. Like, no doubt. I, obviously, it's unquestioned how great he was. And he's just running through the division. Oh, and to be clear, Hayden Penitentiary is on Nashville. I don't oh, watch the shit, but I know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll be. Uh, I was thinking from Heroes. She is. That's yeah, the only place I know her from. Um, Nashville, what a show. Uh, let's see. He fought November 2015 against Fury. Didn't fight Joshua until April 2017. 18 months. Ain't that long for a lot of fighters. I mean, Floyd does that on the regular. 18 before months? Like, before the Showtime deal, Floyd would fight. It'd take a long time for Floyd to step in the ring. <laughs> once a year. But the point is, is that Wilder... I'm not saying Wilder would lose the fight, but I don't think he knocks him out in eight. I don't think Wilder makes a lot of mistakes. He smothers himself. When mm-hmm. he feels like he has somebody hurt, he rushes in and smothers himself. I don't know why he does it, but he does it all the time. His technique is just not spot on. The great equalizer is the power. If he, ne- if he didn't catch Ortiz, which is like a big if, but if he didn't, he would have lost that fight. So you're facing a more t- – well, I want to have this – yeah, Joshua was an Olympic gold medalist. I'm going to say he's more technically sound than Ortiz, even though Ortiz is very technically sound. Yeah. Um, Parker was it, to that extent too. Yeah, So, but that's my point. I don't know how Deontay Wilder looks against Joseph Parker. I'm very interested in how Deontay Wilder would deal with, with Joseph Parker. He would really have to catch him. Like he'd I, – I don't think he beats Parker in a 12-round battle unless he drops him. Even if he doesn't knock him out, like you got to at least drop him to get ahead in the cards. So, so, so here's the deal: we're not getting Wilder. People are like, yo, we need Wilder Joshua this year. No, we're not getting it. Chill out. You're gonna get it next year. Yeah, and I hate boxing. I mean, it is what it is. Because just like Canelo and Triple G, ooh, we gotta talk about that too. Um, just about just like that fight, people are still gonna see the fight. If Mayweather Pacquiao taught us anything, is that. You sons of bitches gonna wait for us to fight. <laughs> that's, you gonna that's pay anyway. <laughs> you gonna like one way or another, like, dude, Manny Pacquiao got knocked dead by Juan Manuel Marquez. And people were like, oh, I don't want to see the Mayweather fight now. And it still ended up being the biggest pay-per-view in the history of everything. So, Joshua Wilder, yeah, y'all can wait for it. They're gonna make you wait. Yes, we're impatient. We we want to see it now. But the reality is you're gonna get the fight. Cause I don't think. Either of these guys are losing to anybody that's coming up. Um, Dylan White or Dominic Brazil looks seems like both of the opponents for both of those guys coming up. You Who think can? Wilder get Brazil though, right? Yeah, Wilder yeah. definitely Brazil. Um, so I just figured, you know, you could wait another year 
and they'll, maybe they'll do it early 2019. But that's where we're at. So uh, we'll see. And they're both. I'm not gonna say because neither of them are old. Um, they're right around their primes. You know, while yeah. they're still moving. So you can, just wait. You're gonna get another year. But dude, before we move on, because the show is super loaded. Canelo did exactly what I said he was going to do last week and withdrew from the fight. He did exactly what I said he was going to do. Smart thing. Yeah. I mean, the clock starts now, right? It should put him in position as a first-time offender to fight September 13th. Well, dude, either way it went, if he gets suspended for six months or a year, it's from the date that he failed the first test, which is February 18th. Oh, he's good money then. Yeah, so it depend. It's really dependent on if the athletic commission says you get a year or six months. But when he withdrew from the well, fight, first time, he's going to get six months. Like, well, who did if, he give if a you year to? look, if he would have fought it, he would have got a year. If he would have not withdrawn from the fight and tried to prove his case with the athletic commission, who is pretty much just saying, "Look, guy, look, dude, I don't care what the reason is. This is a banned substance. That's what the athletic commission is looking at." Like, They're so oh, uneven, though. Like, are, are they? I mean, it's on, it's on the, the list of banned substances. Yeah, like, but like sometimes they drop the hammer. And then sometimes they're like, whatever. Like, woo-hoo. they drop the hammer on Nate Diaz. Well, we're, we're for the ganja. About, we're talking about boxing. Oh, yeah. Same commission, though. Mm. NSAC, same commission, right? Wada and Vada handle things differently. So you have the World Anti Doping AC, and you have Vada, and then you have the whatever Usada. So. Boxing uses a different set of rules, and this has been something that Marquez has had to deal with. A lot of Mexican fighters have had to deal with this, and they know it's there. This is pure negligence or really really just a great deal of arrogance by Canelo if he did this on purpose. But if it was really accidental meat ingestion, there's just nothing you can prove. So the point is, if you withdraw from the fight saying, look, I broke the rules, doesn't matter how, the athletic commission will probably look at it and say, you know what? We'll give you six months. But if you would have fought it, you'd have saw this shit next single de Mayo. So... <laughs> One, but the, the smart thing to do is to withdraw, allow Triple G to fight again, make yourself look good to the public by saying, dude, I made a mistake. I will prove that I'm not a cheater, but I'm going to take the punishment because the bottom line is the bottom line. And that's exactly what he did. It doesn't really hurt him. He fights Triple G, just like the Joshua Wilder fight, just like Pacquiao and Mayweather. Y'all going to pay for that fight when it come around. It's not going to change anything. No, it's going to make it a bigger fight. Yeah, now it's the cheater. Yeah, now it's the cheater. Now it's Triple G versus the cheater. Now you have a real heel face contingent. Yeah, and except, something you can work off of. Except to like the entire country of Mexico that loves Canelo and they're just gonna be like, dude, whatever. He they also cheat. love Marquez. Yeah, they don't care. Dark. The more I look at Marquez before the Pacquiao fight, I'm like, yo, yo, it was he was otherworldly big yeah. enough. I was like, oh my god, like no one, no one's gonna check this guy. No, we're fine. Yeah, all right. Pacquiao just went in there and bum rushed him, got slept. Um, I mean, people forget like he got knocked down before that. Like when when Marquez uncorked that left hook on the top of Manny's head and dropped him, everybody was like, "What was that?" Like, yo, the the strength was on another level. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was it was crazy that day. What I saw on Twitter before I guess we move on to UFC is uh, was a very good question: Should boxing start testing year round? And out of competition. I don't care. I feel it, like, well, we saw Wilder lose a fight, right? It was supposed to go what, Pavekin or something? Uh, Pavekin and Ortiz. Both and Ortiz. Of yeah, oh, I forgot Ortiz. Yeah, but Ortiz passed this time, whatever. Um, lost fights because of PEDs, testing, people testing positive. Uh, and, and we see how prevalent it is in other sports 
We see how many UFC fighters test for just banned supplements. It doesn't have to be HGH or anything else. Just a banned substance. It could be dick pills. Shout out to John Jones. But we, we see how prevalent that is in the UFC and boxing only tests in competition. I feel like, and I feel like in the world of boxing, you know, like those guys feel it. But it, it's not an even playing field. Like it's so easy to cheat. They're, they're on the ass end of the spectrum in, in terms of fighting against HDH and performance enhancing drugs and all these things. They don't care unless you go, yo, you book this fight. And sometimes fights are booked like two months out. Then we start testing someone for two months. I I think it was a good question. I was like, yo, you know what? I think it is time for a change. But without a, one whole governing body, they can't even get the same people to test everyone. So, so how the hell are you going to do that? It's crazy. But I feel like boxing needs to move towards that. Uh, I mean... Dude, I'm not the biggest fan of the UFC because I feel like uh, Cynthia Calvillo getting hit for a marijuana is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's stupid. So it's like, it's it's like it goes both ways. And ultimately, like I said, when you first ask the question, I don't care. <laughs> I, I really, I really don't. I'm not the one fighting. Like, look, look, I get it. I want fighters to be safe. If you're testing, you're testing. If some guys are cycling off, if a cheat's gonna find a way to cheat, and uh, you know, year-round testing, that's cool, but. You got to pay for that. Like, there's a lot that goes into year-round testing. And the UFC can, you know, they can foot that bill. Like, these sanctioning bodies ain't footing shit. No, nah, they so, don't care. Yeah, they don't <laughs> care. They just want these fights to happen. Yeah, they just want these fights to happen. So it'd be nice, but I don't see it happening. Um, yo, who was loading their gloves in boxing? Someone got caught loading their gloves, right? Margarito? Margarito. Thank you. I just forgot who it was. I almost said Marquez. I was like, no, nah, damn, that's wrong. But yeah, no, yeah, cheat's gonna cheat, is gonna cheat. Yeah, Margarito. I mean, Miguel Cotto to this day still feels like Margarito cheated. And I kind of have to believe him. Like, <laughs> I was ringside for that fight, and it was one of the most brutal comebacks because Margarito was losing that fight. But it slowly, it was like, I've never seen anything like it. Cotto would come in, land a few punches, and Margarito would turn fire. And, it, and like, by round four, Cotto's face was just looking, he was falling apart. And Margarito just kept. Every time Cotto came in, Margarita would turn fire. It just felt like he was getting hit with a sledgehammer. I've never seen nothing like that. Margarita could punch. We all thought he could punch. But, yo, that took years off of Cotto's career. That particular fight, it's still, like, if you watch it, it's a phenomenal fight. If you take the loaded gloves thing out of it, it's one of the best fights I've been ringside for. But there's loaded gloves, so it kind of takes the whole thing. <laughs> but, man, Cheat's going to cheat. Cheater's going to cheat. And Margarita cheated. Other fighters are going to cheat. People are going to cycle off. Dude, there's people that say Floyd Mayweather cheated with his IVs. I mean, there's a lot of things that are being talked about with cheating. And oh, frankly, that's like, true. I mean, we it is what it, yeah, whatever on that shit. That's a whole different discussion for another day. Like, what technically is a PED? Like, you can't use an IV? Like, I don't care if they didn't have this shit in 1910. Like, so what? They didn't have creatine either. Get over it. Um, let's go to the UFC. Next let's, let's, on the agenda. Let's go. Let's, let's go, go to the to lemon that WME IMG bar. Let's go. <laughs> well, listen, I, I feel like it turned out better for them with UFC 223. Uh, they're, they're ass out of luck in, in the long run, but hey, for this weekend, it's a pretty damn good fight. So, Tony Ferguson, <laughs> we should be talking about this shit too. Tony Ferguson, UFC on Fox or Fox Studios, he's doing interviews uh, for the company, mandated interviews, building up the fight. Trips on some wires. Right, listen, I go to the studio every day. Those wires are big as hell. Not paying attention. Trips on the wires. Tears a ligament in his knee. Out of the fight. 
pretty much stripped of his belt, even though Dana said he just has to give it back. He's not being stripped. Same shit. Stripped of his belt, loses out on pay-per-view points, the payday that he gets here, and a future fight, potentially, because Dana said, which Dana lies all the time, says, I am booking this fight again. So if Khabib wins, Tony comes back and does what? Because Dana doesn't want to book it again. So this all happened on Friday, after we dropped our show, of course. Can't catch any luck. And Max Holloway steps in, super Hawaiian style. Yo, let's go. He's coming back from injury. He's fighting for the 155-pound title, which is the real belt, in case people are wondering. Press conference today. Dana says, as soon as that door closes on the octagon, Connor will no longer be the champion. And the winner of this fight will be. That's it in a nutshell. I don't think that's a lemon, though. I mean, they in the, in the grand scheme of things, they bought a lemon. I don't think this is too bad for them, though. Okay, so here's why it's a lemon. The reason why that this is a lemon is because Max Holloway fighting the undefeated Khabib Nurmagomedov, who makes mincemeat out of his opponents, should get more than six days to fight for a title in a weight division he's never competed in. The reason why it's happening is because of all the lemons that the, the UFC has dropped with f fighters falling out of main events. This is the one they felt like they couldn't afford to lose because it's happened so many times, even though and it's their Brooklyn card. It's a big New York card. They felt like they like there's no they should have never let Max Holloway compete in this match. They shouldn't do it. Even if Max wins, I'm gonna stand by what I'm saying right now. Max Holloway would benefit from a full training camp to face the arguably the toughest guy without a title in the UFC. Like to have him fight this fight on on six days' notice, dude. Look, more powerful to Max Holloway, dare to be great. You look at guys like Conor McGregor, they dare to be great. But this fight shouldn't be happening. As a fan, I'm excited because we all love Max Holloway. But come on, man. I need the man to have a full training camp. I don't need him to fight on six days' notice and allegedly cutting somewhere close to 30 pounds in six days. That can't be – you can't be a beneficiary of conditioning if you cut that much weight for a five-round fight for a guy who mugs people, who doesn't give you time to breathe. That's, it's a recipe for a disaster. And it doesn't do – and I know it, like in the long run you say, well – you know, if Holloway loses, they'll just say, well, he took the fight. Dude, a loss is a loss is a loss. They still hurt to a degree. All it does is end his winning streak. And uh, that sucks. It's something that he's established. And maybe he doesn't care about it right now. But that in the paycheck run, is bigger than any of those fights on that winning streak. Look, look, I, like, I, I get it. But it's a, it's a desperation paycheck. Look, boxing would never say, oh, Gennady Golovkin, uh, Canelo got hurt. Where is, I mean... Whereas whoever the next biggest star is, throw him in the fight. That's essentially what they're doing. Where's Floyd Mayweather? Get him in here on six days' notice. Boxing would never do anything like this. By you the way, the if they wanted to give us, like, you know, Sean Porter in there, that would have been dope. Like, I, I would take someone like that. Like, you, you give me Terrence Crawford? Like, but someone I, just randomly stepping in? Like, a champion at 147? But that's crazy. Because you're putting... The, you're not seeing two fighters at their best. Trilogy, Errol Spence. Let's go. You gave me an idea. Book it. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Gennady Golovkin's 160 pounds. Like, give Errol Spence a full camp. Like, you don't... Ultimately, what you don't want is Khabib to win it and it's tainted because you say you fought somebody that's in the lighter division on short notice. Mm -hmm. Like, that. that's not... That's not great. And then, on top of that, you're making it for a title... That, look, Tony Ferguson is interim champion. You put that, that title on him when he beat Kevin Lee. Conor McGregor was never stripped. 
And now all of a sudden it's for the quote unquote. This is the most disputed title I've ever seen in my life. This is the disputed lightweight title. You got to get the fuck out of here. I would pay Bruce Buffer all the money in the world if he just came out and said for the disputed UFC championship of the world. I'd be like, yes. So so the thing is, in in the long run, the UFC is hoping. Max Holloway wins. I know you like. I I don't think no, Conor McGregor. No, it's time. No, 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 no. If Conor McGregor were to come back, and, and it's it, I, we don't know what's going on. Dana said 100 percent today, and Dana we trust. I'm making the wristbands. Dude, we we absolutely don't trust Dana. We trust nothing <laughs> about Dana White. If Conor McGregor is to come back, he is more likely to face a, a Max Holloway than a Khabib Nurmagomedov, because. The money that Conor McGregor, because like, dude, Conor says let's fight in Russia because dog, he wants that paycheck. Like Max Holloway is a different kind of fight that I think he'll take because there's more pride on the line than it is with Khabib. With with Max, it's the champ champ versus the diet champ champ. You guys pick who is who, because because Max Holloway won and defended the title that Conor McGregor never lost. And if he beats Khabib Nurmagomedov, not to mention the L he already took to McGregor. We do. You can't. That's. It, but that's that's a factor, right? It's a factor, but it's it's not that big of a deal because it was so many years ago. Yeah. If Ma- my point is this: Max has won and defended the featherweight title. Conor McGregor has not done that. True. If Max Holloway beats Khabib Nurmagomedov on six days' notice, that is a bigger feat than Conor McGregor beating Eddie Alvarez by okay. a country mile. And this is what I asked on Twitter, David Martin. I asked him the same thing. So, where do you rank Max Holloway in the pound for pound rankings if he wins this fight? Uh, number one or two. Okay. Because Fair. because DJ's still up there. DJ is still up there, but I, I'd have to say beating another because what Demetrius Johnson hasn't done is beat another pound for pound fighter, Correct. and that's what Khabib is. So I'd actually have to put Connor, I mean Max Holloway number one, Fair. two division champion, uh, ridiculously long winning streak has pretty much beat everybody you've put in front of him outside of Conor McGregor. And Dustin Poirier before that. But he's matured. He's gotten better. He's taking a fight on six days' notice. This is his opportunity to be the, one of the greatest fighters we've seen in the UFC. To etch his name in, in progression towards that. Great. Connor fights him in August. He's the champ champ. And then you get you know Burger King in there. Champ champ versus champ champ. Who are you picking in that fight? I don't know. Um, That's what everyone says, and they're lying to themselves because you are no. picking Conor McGregor. No, and you, you have the number what? one pound for pound fighter in the world, and you're picking Conor McGregor because Conor has beat him before. Conor has never lost those titles, and people know that Conor will knock him out. Granted, no. it, it might not happen, but the styles, the way it matches up, everything, no one could look at themselves in the mirror and not say they're on. People say, I don't know, so they don't have to say Conor McGregor and look crazy. But they know, in their hearts, they know they would pick Conor. No, because here's the thing. Again, Max Holloway has been on a tear in, as a featherweight. But you won't if, give the number one wait, pound for wait, pound wait, fighter wait, the wait, yes. Wait, wait, wait. If Max Holloway beats Khabib Nurmagomedov, Correct. who nobody has been able to even make look like a regular guy, Khabib has murdered everybody he's fought. If, if Max Holloway beats Khabib Nurmagomedov, you expect me to say that Max Holloway can't beat Conor McGregor? He stops Khabib. I'm, I'm going that far. He stops Khabib in this fight. Starches him. He's holding both belts at the end of this because Dana will be prepared with both belts this time. Max, and, I mean, Max's manager already said you better have both belts at the case. <laughs> yeah. So 
That that happens. Let's go. We're just talking that up. That happens. You can't put the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. You can't say yes. When John Jones is the number one pound wait, for pound fighter, are who, you picking anyone over him? Who's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world right now? No, Max Holloway would then be in yeah. this scenario. He yeah. just starts an undefeated fighter who damn near looks unbeatable. Yeah. He would be number one. You are not telling. How are you number one and people aren't saying yes? Why is there a maybe? Uh, John Jones was number one. There was not a maybe in this world. Oh, there was a maybe against Daniel Cormier. Don't okay. I, I, I mean, I liked Cormier a lot, but rematch, no Cormier. Like it, it was, it was pretty quick. And I was on the listen. I was one of the rare people that gave Cormier a chance. What is a lot of people were just to easy to say yes because Max, even if he wins this is not the number one pound-for-pound fighter when Conor McGregor is still fighting and he has beaten him before. So here's the thing. One, (laughs) you're making a huge mistake here trying to say they – trying to use the Conor McGregor-Max Holloway first fight as any kind of indication of what would happen in the rematch. Because Max Holloway is a completely different fighter than when he fought Conor McGregor when he was 20 or 21. You don't think Conor was like 23. Hey, point point being, Max – and I said this to you when we were at the workhouse today – Max Holloway's improvements since the Conor McGregor fight are much bigger than Conor McGregor's improvements. Max Holloway has showed a different dimension of his game where he was a relatively pedestrian striker to where he's become a relentless striker with a gas tank and a chin. He's a completely different fighter and a ground game. Conor McGregor still hasn't proven that he's had a ground game. The great equalizer, just like Deontay Wilder, is the left hand. He's got the great power punch. He didn't, Conor McGregor, if he would have rematched Jose Aldo, a lot of people said that fight could have gone a different way because Conor McGregor caught him with a lucky punch. It's, it's a real thing to say. Yeah, but it's, that, it's, that's so unfortunate because we but, saw but, what Max did to but, Aldo and it probably would have went similar. It's possible, but we don't know. Conor McGregor beat Chad Mendes, who fought on extremely short notice and was getting taken down at will, but he still won the fight. The point is, you don't necessarily bet against Conor McGregor. Okay, he that's all I'm asking. If you had to make a prediction, why is that not an easy yes because, for the number again, one power for power fighter who has gotten so much better? Because it's it's not that simple when Conor McGregor has defied the odds. These are two fighters daring to be great, and Conor McGregor's dared to be great, and he's failed because he failed to get Nate, Nate Diaz, who even though Nate Diaz was huge. Max Holloway is very similar in endurance and stature as Nate Diaz. And mm-hmm. he's the reach is the same. The, dude, go look at Max Holloway's reach and how long he is. He's a, he's a pretty long guy. He looked a lot he, bigger than Khabib today, by the way. Dude, Max Holloway's a big dude. Like, dude, <laughs> he cuts a lot of weight. My point is, is that Nate Diaz is the guy who had the recipe for Conor McGregor because he weathered the storm. Max Holloway hasn't really been hurt in a fight. He's, he was submitted by a mounted triangle against Dustin Poirier. And since then, he has gone toe-to-toe just swinging them things against anybody who'll stand in front of him. Now, can he make Conor McGregor wilt under pressure? It's very possible. But see, though, in going back to the essence of this, this whole conversation, I'd love this conversation even more if Max had a full camp fighting Khabib. Because then I could say, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Max beats Khabib. Then I'd probably say, yeah, on short notice... I, I can see, like, I mean, uh, with a full camp, Max is that number one guy. But on short notice, I don't see Max beating Khabib. It's not fair to him. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it could work for you or against you. Like, 
Nate Diaz had the same thing, right? Came on super short notice with RDA. Was that 10 days? Um, it happened to work in his favor. Yeah, but Nate wasn't um, a champion in another division. No, no, I'm I, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it happened to work out in his favor that Connor couldn't scout it. Connor couldn't get the reach, the the length, the um, just the game plan. So you know what? The only time Nate loses is when you kick the shit out of his front leg. How about well, you do that? And Connor came with that game plan. So it, the short notice fight helped him. Well, well, there's another thing here. You got to factor in that Nate Diaz was already the bigger guy, and Connor McGregor moved up to yeah. fight Nate Diaz. So a Much lot of different. stuff could go, could go well for you. I'm not saying that it's going to, like you said, it, it's not. But sometimes, you know, maybe Holloway will show different looks to Khabib that Khabib isn't ready for. Khabib can't scout that fast. It's but Khabib Styles is very, at the base of it, it's, you surprise me, I take you down, fight over. Yeah. Um, yeah, not about the bullshit. And by the way, looking up the reach advantages, Nate Diaz, 76-inch reach. Conor McGregor, 74-inch reach. Max Holloway, 69. Max Holloway's arms are that short? 69-inch reach. Brian Ortega, oddly enough, has 69-inch reach. Khabib, 70-inch reach. Aldo, 70-inch reach. His reach is the exact same as Eddie Alvarez, 69 inches. How'd that work out? I don't think it matters. (laughs) I I don't think No wonder he got sunned in that first fight. Like, literally, he got sunned. His, His hand was on his forehead. With with one knee. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I don't got a champion in the parade, but this is guy's number one ranked overall, and he was, you know, getting sunned in the fight. I don't care how old he was. Connor was, Connor was raw. The fight Connor was, was the fight was barely man, competitive. It's, it's, the man was on one different. knee, and the fight oh. wasn't competitive. It was. No. We're acting like it's close. You're, you're, Holloway you're survived. Looking wrong, you're looking at this the wrong way. This is like saying Manny Pacquiao when he first started versus Manny Pacquiao when he was tearing through eight divisions. You can't use a fight that was so long ago when he, when Max didn't really fill into his body and didn't get in real control of his skills as an indicator of how this fight's going to go. That is ridiculous. That is ab- <laughs> that's like all right, like I to feel use like it. Like it's a pretty good measure if it's the same it's two guys. Not, it's not. It is not because we're fight. not talking like the other man did not grow. It's not like Max grew and Connor stayed stagnant. My Connor point grew is, alongside. If not, okay, you argue Max grew more because he has a greater depth of competition. But Connor ran depth. through people. Wait, wait, wait. Not only has he had a greater depth of competition, he hasn't fucking lost. Can we like can we be very clear about this? It's not like Max Holloway's one like went five and five or six and two. He has beat everybody they have put in front of him. Okay, so Connor takes a step back because he got choked out by Nate. No, Connor, no, Connor takes a step back because he's been inactive for almost two fucking years. And he's stepping in there with a guy who is a cardio machine who, who uses his will and imposes his will on people to break them down. Listen, that's fair. If, I just wanted a yes. I just, I, if I was asking, I just asked for the prediction. If they fought in yeah, August, who you You picking? can't make that prediction. Look, I can't make that prediction until I fucking see what Max Holloway does against Khabib Nurmagomedov on <laughs> okay. Saturday night. I, I, I gave you a hypothetical scenario. I gave you, he starches him. What, do you, what else you got to see Again, I need to see it. How does he start? Does he catch him with a lucky punch? No, third round he KO. He, he bombards him like he did Aldo. They, with, I, he, when was the last time he just one punch KO someone? If anything, he'll kick him to knock him oh, out one okay. punch. But so if, if he mauls Khabib to make him at all. By volume, it, it, correct. By volume. It, it overwhelms him like he did Jose Aldo. Yep. I would pick Max Holloway. And simply because Conor McGregor's inactivity is starting to concern me. God, I want to see this now. I want to see this exact scenario. 
Like I, if and that, I'm, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat waiting for this article of your predictions. Yeah, oh, it, and your betting article when Max is like a, a underdog as the champion. Yeah, you said put put the crib on Max. Look. I would, look, I would again. I, I don't. I can't bet against Conor McGregor. Like it's something you can't do because he's he's done great things. But if if you if the scenario that you just told me, correct, like it's like saying if Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder were to fight in the fights previously, Anthony Joshua just started knocking people's heads off. Who would I pick? Of course, I'm gonna pick Anthony Joshua. He's knocking people's heads off. You're telling me Max Holloway is going to beat the man that nobody's been able to beat. And just overwhelms him over three rounds on six days' notice. Of course, I'm gonna pick Max Holloway to be Conor McGregor. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> but I don't think that's the scenario. I don't think that's the scenario we're about to get. Conor uh, hasn't fought in almost two years, man. I don't yeah, even. Which is like, sensible. That is sensible. But everyone has trepidation when they are first asked about it. We had to talk about this for 20 minutes for you to get comfortable enough to say that the then number one pound for pound fighter in the world dog, would dog, win. Everyone it. has trepidation. Stop, stop everyone just, knows inside that Conor. They, they, yeah, you everyone. can't ask a question without context and expect people to give an answer. Now you gave a bunch of context to it. Of course, I could give you an answer. Yeah, that's if you just your answer asking me a random question based on a fight that we haven't happened that's going to happen in a couple of days, you can't expect people to give an answer until they see what Max does against Khabib. Okay, you I painted to, this. No, you I was goddamn loaded questions. You trying to? <laughs> no, I painted the same picture. I tried to paint the same picture for everyone. He is the double champ. I, I tried to paint the same thing. It is after the fight. He wins by knockout. He is the double champion. Where do you rank him in pound for pound? They all answer one, or you answered one or two, which is fair. Then where do you, what, if he fights Connor right after that, that is the next fight, which is probably likely, right? If he wins, who are you picking? And everyone says, I don't know. Like, we just saw him get, we just, we haven't seen Connor fight in two years. We saw him starch, arguably the best lightweight, in my opinion. On the earth, and we can't pull the butt. Can't pull the well, trigger. Because you know, the thing about Connor, the thing about Connor that's been so brilliant is that he's fought, like, he's matched up well with fighters. He hasn't been in a, a matchup where you were like, ah, that's a bad matchup for him. Like, no. let's, let's, let's be completely transparent about Connor McGregor's record. No, and the only one was Mendez, he got taken down. And Mendez was on short notice. So, like, every fight, just about every fight that Connor's had, you could put an asterisk by it in some way if you really wanted to. Except Aldo. You say, no, you could even say Aldo. You could say he caught him with a lucky punch. Like everybody can. Oh, okay, I would, okay, that's fair. So, so you could say, okay, he caught Josie Aldo with a lucky punch, right? And they didn't have the rematch to see what would have happened. He didn't fight Frankie Yeager. He fought Chad Mendes on super on short notice when Chad Mendes was fat and hunting somewhere. Yeah. What was uh, Eddie's fought, excuse? Eddie's excuse was he was that he wasn't the best lightweight. But he, he just knocked out RDA, who's, the, yeah, but, who's but fighting the, for a title. My point is, is that there were a lot of people who don't believe Eddie Alvarez was the best lightweight in the world. That's incredible. When he knocked out the guy who's now fighting for a 170-pound title against Kobe my, Covington. My point is that if you put – Conor McGregor fought – if Conor McGregor would have fought RDA, mm -hmm. there was a lot more people that were like, ooh, that's a, that's a bad matchup for Conor McGregor. Yeah. Fighting Eddie Alvarez, people were like, ah, oh, Conor probably will win this fight. Is that true or not? The people saw Eddie Alvarez as a completely beatable lightweight. Yeah, RDA yeah, no doubt. At that time, RDA was running over, over everyone. people. Until he met Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. But my, the point is, is that people would asterisk by that and say he yeah. didn't fight the best lightweight. Then he fought Nate Diaz, who's not really the best anything. No. He's to just be, a tough, tough mofo. 
just a tough guy. And he got he got choked out the first time, granted, mm-hmm. the weight. And the second time, he barely won the fight. So you, I mean, you look at He knocked at his, the guy down three times. If we have the new rulings. Uh, but he barely he did. won. He did. Did, he, did he not? I mean, no, did, he did. was he looking gassed? And there was a moment there where oh, people no. thought. Yeah, no doubt. I thought he was gassed. You know, this, this so, is obviously the point in the fight where you're like, oh, it happened again. So the sample size for Conor McGregor is still up in the air. Whereas Max Holloway has proven himself by running through people and beating Khabib Nurmagomedov would trump just about everything that Conor's doing. Just about. Just about. Because the Josie Aldo knockout, I don't give a fuck. Big deal. One of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. The fact that but, he was in the back room practicing that exact move. Yeah. A half an hour before that fight came out and starts with the same. That's, that shit's great. So the point is, is the reason why people have so much trepidation with Connor is that they, you look at Connor's record and you're like, man, there's some holes here. There's like he's matched, he's, he's matched up incredibly well one way or another. He's been matched up incredibly well. That Eddie like Alvarez has, fight. I, I watched the Gaethje fight. And Gaethje's a machine. And yeah, the fight's wildly is- competitive. And technique, okay, cool. The RDA fight, where RDA loses. And that's a wildly competitive fight. Right? Alvarez shouldn't have been in the same building with McGregor. He did nothing. So and, and people can argue what they want. He's not the best lightweight in the world. But he's competitive with the best lightweights in the world. He was not competitive against Conor McGregor. He no, had no he business being in that octagon. He outclassed him to a whole different level. I hear everything that you're saying. I'm just saying the point is that nobody on the planet thought – no, not very many people. Although Eddie Alvarez is a champion, just won the champ, in a fight where a lot of people thought Rafael Dos Anjos took him lightly. And that's why he got knocked out. Yeah. There's a lot of people that think that he right now – He was looking ahead to something, right? That whole fight when he was looking ahead and talking about something. And we were Conor like, McGregor? yo, it might have been a McGregor fight. Oh, because it was a <laughs> red panty night. Yeah. Connor taunted him with the red panty night. Like, and, so, uh yeah, and, and we're like, oh, this is bad. Like, yo, he's looking so, ahead, like, oh, all bad. So it's like with Connor, it's like you didn't fight Tony Ferguson. You didn't fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. And it doesn't look like you're in a rush to fight either of them. So the, that's the trepidation. It's, even though Connor has been so great at what he's done, which is self-marketing and self-promotion, he, has, he doesn't have, like, that proven I'll fight anybody anytime that Max Holloway does. Max Holloway is really a guy that would be like, man, fuck that. I'll fight you now. He's a Hawaiian. The dude will fight anybody. Yo, Hawaiians are crazy. And they will, <laughs> like, if you've been to Hawaii, I've been to Hawaii. Like, Hawaiians, they're fucking nuts. They will fight anybody at any given notice. BJ Penn was fucking nuts. Max Holloway is a different degree of nuts. It's a controlled anger that, that Hawaiians have. But they will fight anybody. I can't say the same about Conor McGregor. I can't say he'll fight anybody. He will, but he won't, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, I, he I, will. I'm not sure if Dana lets him fight anyone. How about that? Yeah, it's like, he will. But then he won't. It's like, oh, if I could be, but you need to put $40 million in my pocket. And it's like, <laughs> get out of here. We're not, not going to do that. But in Russia, like, there's, there's all these things. But Connor's in it for the bag. He's in it for it to be great. But let's be honest. Connor's in it for the loot. Yeah, yeah. He's in it for the cheese. And especially right now, how fat is he off the $80 billion? Max Holloway working like he hungry. I don't know if Connor's still, like, I don't know. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I don't know if $80 million still gives you that drive to still want to go fight somebody. $80 million? You know how long it's going to take Max Holloway to make $80 million? He won't. That was no. a short answer. No, <laughs> not at all. I, it's just interesting to see that dynamic. Like, I, I've been loving this all day because if Max wins commentary, it's just like, yeah, but is he the real champ champ? Like, it's, it's like, 
they're one, Dana's just thrown that whole fucking division into a loop. And yeah. if one person misses weight, the title fight is off. Connor remained the champion. Those two will fight to see who fights Connor for the real belt. And they'll fight at whatever the hell the weight is. And Dude, I wholeheartedly believe that. It so, is messy. Yeah, so it's 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 stupid. It's All right. very last minute. We, we, we talked about this too much. We still got a whole weekend of wrestling to talk about. Let's go through this card. And unfortunately, we're not going to spend too much time talking about Rose and, and Joanna. We'll talk about this briefly. But let's run through this card so we can get to what our wrestling people want to listen to. Because I know they're like, man, fuck this UFC advice. Can you please fucking talk about WrestleMania? <laughs> listen, y'all going to get this work. It's, it's good convo over here in the UFC. Tell Dana White to start booking shit correctly. We won't get worked up. Um, all right, let's make our predictions. This is a good-ass card. So we have oof, prelims, I guess. We'll start with Evan Dunham, Olivier Aubin Mercier. Uh, I'll go with Evan Dunham because I can pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah I, I like Evan Dunham. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just do. Uh, Olivier has been pretty good, but Evan Dunham is one of those guys who has been around for a while. Who seemed every time he see, he's one of those guys. But people are like, man, he's going to put it all together. He's going to be great, and then he loses a fight. Um, and this won't be the fight that he loses, not in my opinion. But he's always like ranked, and he's. Yeah, yeah, he's good. yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> but yeah, so um no Dunham I think will take this one. Alex Caceres is on this card for Artem Lobov. Uh Artem kinda got like big brother by Khabib a little bit this week. Uh that's gonna be weird. He has to return that message to the Burger King and, and see if he'll defend his honor. Uh I'm going with Caceres though. I really I've never been a fan of Lobov as a fighter. Yeah, I mean even though Artem could just ground him, but he could, but Artem, he has this weird plotting style where he just kind of comes forward and tries to land a big left hand. Um, if Caceres is smart, he'll use his footwork and his, uh, you know, he's a pretty solid ground game and his striking to outpoint him. Um, but if he's stupid, he'll go in there and stay in the pocket and swing and get knocked out. But I'm going to pick Caceres as well. Um, Joe Lozon versus Chris G. I'm not pronouncing the last name. Grusenmeicher. Grusenmeicher. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a no for Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not not feeling it. <laughs> well, Dude. Chris has lost two in a row. Um, Lozon's lost two in a row as well. So one of these guys, Davi Ramos. Yeah, no, he's losing this one. Yeah, it's a little bit different for Joe Lozon. He got knocked out by Clay Guida, which I absolutely didn't see coming. Um, he lost to Stevie Ray as well. So, but I think Lozon gets back on track with a submission victory here. Definitely, I mean Lozon just has the better experience. We talked about quality of opponents. His quality of opponents is very high. Yeah, he hasn't absolutely. had many easy fights at all. So uh, this is a nice fight. You know, just keep him on that deal. Make sure he doesn't get cut. And uh, you know, he'll keep going. He's one of those guys I don't see being bounced from UFC anyway. But he doesn't allow himself. He wins. You know, one of these lose two, win two, lose one, win one. He's just that type of guy. Uh, Ray Borg versus Brandon Moreno. It's an interesting fight. Because Ray Borg is in a weird place. Because he really can't like he should get the title shot, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it happen. Like there's so many guys in that division that are okay with getting the title shot again. Yeah, well, but it's just we, like no, like I don't know. He's he's right there. He only really loses to Demetrius Johnson, Justin Scoggins got him by decision. Um, but beat Formiga, beat Smoker. I'm picking Ray Borg in this fight. Um, Borg is a pretty significant favorite here. Um, Are you picking the upset for your betting pick of the week? 
I in my betting pick, I'm gonna say put money on Moreno because he's like a plus two twenty five. Um, just, I can't pick this fight until Ray Boy's fat ass gets on the scale. How about that? <laughs> that's fair. Um, but I saw Sergio Pettis against Moreno. Uh, that's my most recent memory of that. And I thought Pettis just looked really good in that fight. He did. Um, so this will really gauge like where Moreno is compared to that. But coming off of that loss to Pettis, I just don't see him being bored. That's two tough-ass opponents back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, Moreno's good, man. He's good on the ground. Um, it's just, you know, Borg is a big guy. And it depends on how he looks at the weigh-in. I'm really, I'm, I'm like dead ass. Like if Red, Ray Borg makes weight and uh, like just makes it, it's a half pound over, I'm picking Borg. But I, I don't know, man. The guy doesn't, he can't make weight sometimes. So, and Moreno's very active. But uh, if Borg grounds him, I don't know if Moreno can scramble enough to get around him. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Borg, but my betting – yeah, my betting pick of the week is going to be Brandon Moreno because I just like those odds. Then we have Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Felice Herrick. Uh, Felice has actually been decent. Yeah, she's been like, actually looked, really good. Yeah, I looked up and I was like, yo, Felice is winning? Like, again, again, again. I was like, oh, that's crazy. Four-fight winning streak. Um, I thought she was going to you know, get worked by Alexa Grasso, but she did it. She keeps winning. Last loss was to Paige Van Zandt. She lost to Tisha Torres, who we know is wildly competitive and, and a tough out for anyone. Carla Esparza. You look back at her losses, she got – if there's a such thing as good losses, she has those. Um, and this is probably one of her stiffer tests to date. I'm going to still stick with Kovacavich, but, man, it, it's going to be a good fight. Yeah, I'm sticking with Carolina, Carolina too. Um, she's just pretty much – she's better everywhere than the people that Felicia Harris beat lately. Uh, and Harry's one. She's on a streak. She's hot right now. Um, she's so hot right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harry hot. So hot yeah. right now. But Carolina Kovacavich, yes, she did lose to who? Did, who did Who did she lose to? Um, Carolina after Joanna. Yeah, after after Joanna, she lost to Claudia Gadelia. Yeah. Um, and those are people that like you lose, and you're like, eh, I'm not surprised. Like. Like, those are the two best straw weights out there. So, Carolina's going to get back on the horse and Fleece Harris winning streak. Um, it might be by some kind of dominant fashion, too. I like to see another stop. I was yeah, surprised how, how smooth she was on the ground. Um, not the last fight, obviously. Claudia was just mauling people. Then, first fight on the main card, Al Iaquinta takes a break from uh, his real estate business to take on Paul Felder. I like this fight a lot. Well, Ooh, this is, I like this, this is, fight. It's violent, though. Um, I'm going to take Felder because Al, I'm, I'm not sure where Al's mind is. Like, I, he was another guy who had so much promise and then he's just really not active enough and not, I don't know if he really wants to be a fighter anymore. I think he just pays his bills. Uh, you know, I think he does. I just think he feels like he should be paid accordingly. But that being said, I've been high on Paul Felder for, for a long time because I think when he puts it all together, he's one of the toughest lightweights out there. Um, and Felder is a guy who you know his ground game is great he's an excellent striker um you know he, he's had a couple of tough losses uh the barbosa loss the the ross pearson loss which i don't know yeah i don't think he really lost the fight and the trinaldo which was like a surprise to a lot of people but once he's on it's like he's hard to beat and i think he's finally putting it all together so i'm gonna pick paul felder uh to win by decision and probably the most violent fight of the night no that's fair. well violent Violent, violent with both people being involved. Because the most violent fight of the night might be the main event, but it might be one-way traffic. <laughs> Damn. All right, we got a lightweight. Michael Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis. Uh, Chiesa all the way. Pettis lost something. I, I, 
I don't think he's going to find yeah. it. I, I, I'm, I can't even do it. Um, I'm going to pick Anthony Pettis, man. And I, I know he's lost something. I've never been extremely high on Kiesa. He's 2-5 and and, and and in his last seven fights. I, I, uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. These are things like – but the two and five is Poirier, Holloway, Barbosa, Alvarez, Dos Anjos. Like, I mean, it's kind of like a murderer's row of guys you can lose to. I don't put Kiesa in the same place as those guys. And I think if Pettis' mind is in this fight, if he, if he commits to striking, he has a great ground game, which kind of can neutralize what Kiesa brings to the table as, as a ground fighter. If they're just standing up, Pettis is going to win this fight. But... It's all it's all mental, man. Like this is a fight that's truly mental because Kess is not a better athlete than Anthony Pettis. He's not but a better Anthony, athlete than like ninety percent of people he fights, but he pulls yeah. that shit out. But this is it's the heart. But if Pettis has just if his mind's in it, I think he wins this fight. So I'm gonna pick Anthony Pettis. Yeah, I'm not picking Pettis. I think Kess gets him to the ground and taps him. He, a dog. I'm, I wouldn't be he wouldn't surprised. Be shocked, right? Yeah, I, I think Pettis yeah, lost it. Surprised. On the ground, he's lost it. Mentally, he's out of it. It's like a block at this point. If he touches the canvas, like he doesn't even try to get up anymore. It's oh, the, just FYI, just FYI, I'm watching uh, WrestleMania uh, where Daniel Bryan's about to get uh, broke, kicked, and losing like 13 seconds. <laughs> God, God, that was horrible yeah. booking. At least yeah, he got a kiss. It, well, well, it was horrible booking, but it made a star. Started like, the if, if this, movement, right? If this didn't happen. I don't know if Daniel Bryan would be where he's at today. Anyway, we'll talk about this in a minute. And I'll actually notify you when this match ends because Daniel Bryan's still on his way to the ring. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> Renato, uh, let's see, featherweight match kind of just thrown in here. Uh, Renato Mucano versus Calvin Qatar. Uh, Qatar is a guy on the rise. Um, Mucano lost yeah. to Ortega. That's it. And he has so, a win against Lil Heathen, though. Yeah, yeah. And Qatar hasn't lost since 2010. Oh, wow. So this makes this a very interesting fight. Um, I'm going to pick Moicano here because I feel like there's some, like Qatar is a good. He grounded Andre Feely. He knocked out Shane Burgos. Uh, but I'm going to pick Moicano. I think he's a little bit more skilled. I'm going to just be contradictory. I'll take Qatar. It's I'm a toss-up not... fight, though. And yeah, it really it's is. kind of the palate cleanser. They, they pulled the WWE on us, kind of. Like, Yo, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to talk about this match again because there are all the yet. I just forgot there were all these yes signs in the crowd when Daniel Bryan faced uh, Sheamus. They were already starting this shit. Yeah, it was the beginning of the yes movement. Yeah, it was. It was, and it's over. All right, continue. <laughs> so where the people felt jaded, right there. Um, then we have, of course, Komen Rose Namajunas versus Joanna and Jacek. Uh, both very calm. Rose, that's her MO now. But, you know, Joanna very calm at the press conference today. No theatrics, no craziness. And it looks like she's taking a different approach to this fight. Um, Rose looked great in the first fight. It wasn't a fluke. She looked like she could have beat Joanna over the full 25. It didn't even go that long. Joanna wanted out of there. But I expect a better weight cut this time. I expect a renewed focus. I'm saying Joanna wins a decision. Tough fight. Probably three to two. Man. Yo, this fight is so hard for me to pick, and the, and the reasons are pretty much everything that you said. Uh, did Joanna underestimate Rose? Was she too confident? And is she broken now? That's my concern with, with Joanna. It's, because there are fighters that lose a fight and say they're better than ever. They overtrain themselves, but mentally they're just never the same again. And if somebody, and it wasn't 
this is the difference between like a flash knockout like Aldo and uh, McGregor versus Rose was getting the better of Joanna those first few minutes. And then she caught her. So I don't know if in the back of Joanna's mind, she's like, I'm dealing with somebody that I can't beat. Yeah, That's very possible. And she I could be like very Henner Barrow-ish right now. Yeah, like it's know. the same with Jose Aldo against Max Holloway. Like Max mauled him. Like Jose's confidence against Conor McGregor would have been through the roof in the rematch. Like you're not catching me with one punch. But when he faced Holloway again, it was like, man, this guy wore me down the first time. I'm kind of scared he might do it again. Let me try to get him out of there early. So that means that Joanna could come out there and try to get Rose out of there early and then realize he ain't going nowhere and it can make it a long night. That being said, I think if Joanna's focused, I don't think that Rose can deal with the level of striking. I don't think. But, man, I don't fucking know. And I've been going back and forth on this fight for, for weeks. <laughs> I'm going to pick Joanna to retain to regain the title and make this a trilogy because that's, I just think that's the most fun thing to do right now. But this is truly a fight that I'm having a hard time to pick because I don't know where Joanna's mind's at. And Rose is – I've said it before. I love Rose Namajunas. I think she's a star. I think she's great. Um, and I think she does everything right. You know, It's just who's going to be the better fighter mentally. Rose was the stronger fighter mentally in the first fight. Can Joanna overcome that loss? And I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, man – yeah, the, the fight you mentioned, Aldo, that's a great comparison, too. And then, like I say, I always think of Burrell. Like, Dillashaw just came and really beat him down. Yeah. Like, just in every aspect beat him down. And then in that rematch, Burrell was completely outclassed. Um, he, mentally, he was just shook. He couldn't he couldn't get past it. So we can see that from Joanna. Or, But I expect to see her more focused. I think the weight cut, I mean, you know, no excuses. I guess she just got worked in the fight. I think the weight cut really took it out of her. She looks a lot better this fight week. She probably took it seriously. Um, you know, sooner or later, you you have to really be like, okay, I need to take my professionalism to the next level. She spent, got a nutritionist. Um, you know, really cut the weight earlier, all this stuff. Didn't leave it to chance. And that's something I like to see. So I'll take you on it, but close fight. And then we have Khabib versus Max Holloway. Uh, I've been having like this vision of Max just knocking him out. You're just being contrarian because I don't know why you're having that vision. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just see it. I see it in my mind's eye. You, but you I'm just... not going to pick it because no one beats Khabib. <laughs> it's Khabib time. I, honest to God, just stylistically, because, you know, fighter for fighter, Max might be the better fighter. Well-rounded. Um, but Khabib has the ace up. As dominant as Connor's one-punch left hand is, Khabib's wrestling is more dominant. And I, yeah. I will go Khabib over anyone at lightweight. Anyone, anyone, anyone. If RDA wins the title, interim or not, at welterweight, I take Khabib to beat his ass up there again. Because he made him look like he was a fifth grader. That wrestling is next level. And I'm not picking anyone to beat him. Yeah, again, I think it's a disservice to Max. I've said it a billion times to fight this fight on six days notice because... You're not only is the six days notice, but Max is coming off an injury where he wasn't training. He did surf, though. Um, <laughs> that being said, yeah, we're looking at Khabib Nurmagomedov, who Edson Barbosa had great takedown defense, and he ran him over. Um, Khabib's ground game is just out of this world. And to fight a guy like that on six days notice as a smaller fighter, in the sense of you're used to fighting at a smaller weight, this, is about, this could get really ugly really quick. 
I would love to see Max Holloway win because I think he has dared to be great. But the only true argument against Khabib is he's not fought a top five lightweight. It's the only true thing. But then Max Holloway's not a top five lightweight. So they're, they're, no. the streak continues. The streak continues. Um, so, yeah, I think, that, I think Khabib wins this fight. I think um, he recognizes what he's dealing with with Max. Uh, you know, he just takes down, he slices through people like butter. He takes him down and he pretty much pounds him out. As long as Khabib is not taking Max lightly, Khabib should win this fight. And if Khabib is smart, you know, he, he takes him down early, sees what he has to offer. And if it sees how that gas tank is, the first deep breath, it's really over. Because the longer this fight goes, I just can't see Max getting stronger in a five round fight on short notice. Yeah, it, five rounds is rough. I, I, I honestly don't see him going the distance of winning this fight. Because if it goes the distance, it, he's going to spend a lot of time on his back. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's just the, not the easy to outpoint him. The Barbosa fight was absolutely brutal. Yeah. Like, that went to a decision. Like, in my mind, Barbosa lost or tapped or got or died several times. In Wasn't it like in four, my 10, 8 rounds? Yes. It was like, it was a three round fight. It was two ten eight rounds. Oh yeah, three rounds. God, it felt like it was felt like it was the longest massacre ever, and yeah. that's why it could be the most one sided violent fight of the night. Um, but yeah, I got to pick Khabib here, man. I, I really do. It sucks. I want to see Max Holloway a lightweight. I want to see him gain the weight properly. I want to see him do everything right before he gets this fight. But here we are. Yeah. And uh, just yeah. pay the man and, what he's worth because that's yeah. a hell of a shot. And more importantly, Dana White puts, books Tony and Khabib again. It just won't be a main event. Yeah, and please just let him get out healthy. I just want to see good Brian Ortega fight versus him. Like, let's just let him get out of here healthy. Yeah, that too. Um, all right, and I think Khabib. You know, by the way, Khabib's a nice guy. He'd be like, "Oh, I don't want to break your arm. Just tap. You, you yeah. go healthy. You beat Ortega. You're a nice you guy. Sh- I didn't you you shouldn't be here. What What are you doing here? I just I hear punch you in the face. Tap. Don't make. I punch you again. Like that's how the fight's <laughs> gonna be. Be like. No, thank you for taking fight. You making me money. I, I come for belt. No disrespect. I come for belt. I want Burger King. And then he looks to Dana. Dana, do I get Burger King? Am I doing well? Okay, hold on. I'll be back. Then he does it again. This guy's amazing. Um, let's see. Trey, you know what time it is? Hold on. I'm looking around. Corner mania. Let's go. It's time to talk wrestling, and we're talking a whole damn week. So much, so much going on. You know what? I'm kind of, I'm saving for the wedding, trying to be a responsible fiance, you know, trying to do things right. But I'm kind of upset I just didn't drop, drop the whole bag and go just, yo, here, take my money, take my money, take my money, first row tickets, take my money, and just go down to New Orleans. Take, take the oh. whole bag, take all my dough. Here you go. Here's my debit card. Don't even show me. Let's go, and, and it would have been a great week. Plus, we end up getting into a lot of shit for free. Shout out to the plugs. But I did not. Trey, I didn't buy the tickets. I didn't do the Airbnb. I had it ready. I had my finger on the button. I didn't do it. And we're missing a great week, but we get to see a lot of it anyway. Yeah, look, I'm, there's a part of me that's like, man, I wish I was down there. But there's a part of me that's like, dude, WrestleMania is about to be like 10 hours long. <laughs> and... I'd rather be at home drinking my beer for free than being upset. Because, dog, look, WrestleMania in Dallas was the longest shit ever. Longest ever. And we are stuck in traffic afterwards, right, for like an hour. Yeah, we listened to like the whatever podcast we listened to where Meltzer was talking, whatever that was. It wasn't yeah. the Wrestling Observer. We was, I think we was listening to the Law after show. Yeah, it was the Law. We listened, and we listened to <laughs> like the whole goddamn thing. And we are still in the parking lot. Um, 
So I, I, and then on top of that, I have to choose between NXT and the Ring of Honor. So I get to I don't have to choose. I can just watch both at home. So I'm not that upset. And then it costs money. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like if I was to go to WrestleMania, like, and I heard the the I heard the the, the dome is like the seating is not very good in there. So I would have to drop major coin on the ticket because I'm not I don't like getting press tickets because they put you in the nosebleeds in like some some box way at the top where you can't see shit and you gotta watch it on the screen. Then I might as well just watch shit at home. So I'm kind of okay with not going. No, that's fair. Um Man, I don't know. The atmosphere seems great. I I, I promise you this. I'm dragging your ass next year to New York. Yo, if it's snowing during Red I look, don't care. We're going look, out there. One, we, how often look, do we have to mm, we never get to be around the rest of the loudspeakers fan ever so we yeah, can go I can do that in the spring on, so uh, in the no, real spring like it's the real sp- season we go to wally mania look, you know how crazy it's gonna be out there we chill with kaz we chill with well everybody's out there man, emilio just, we finally do the joint podcast we have a live show i'm bringing your ass to new york i don't care you got tims you just got tims for christmas put on your constructs we go Look, I lived. Don't in act New like York. you ain't get tips. Look, I did. I, I looked. I looked. I lived out there for a year. I've been with the homies before, um, and I'm okay. And I went. <laughs> I went to WrestleMania at MetLife, and it was the worst experience of my life. Don't be scarred, bro. Okay, it bad. wasn't the worst experience of my life. I went to Wrestle real quick. I went to WrestleMania. I was sick, and it was like 30 degrees, and it was it, at MetLife Stadium. And I had a, I had my jacket and I had my sweater on, but it was fucking cold, which didn't make sense because I had to go to the emergency room the next day. I was that sick. But I already I bought my WrestleMania tickets. And my wife was like, you're not really going to WrestleMania, are you? And I'm sick as a dog. Like, yep, I'm going. I had just came off of two shoots. I had a shoot. We did a documentary with Phil Davis for Jay-Z's Life and Times. We were doing a documentary in Chicago with Luol Dang the following day. Um, and... I, my wife's like, we're making a stop in New York just so you could go to WrestleMania, but you're sick. And I went, and then on top of that, that WrestleMania sucked. So it was, <laughs> it was like everything was bad don't about it. Don't let it scar you. Don't worry. Yo, about I, it. what if don't we get, get AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan? That'd be great. Um, but <laughs> my point, like, I'm just saying, like, I, if it was somewhere else, I really consider it. I'm not saying I'm not going, but man, snow. I'm saying Martin, you're going. Mm-hmm. And I'm checking my weather forecast now. It is 60 and rainy on Friday, 43 and snowing on Saturday, and in a warm 44 degrees for Mania Day. Yo, that'd be that'd be horrible. That would be horrible. <laughs> That's if that was this year, that would be our weather, and we would be out there. Listen, I've been I've been to enough WrestleManias. Like I I could die tomorrow know. and be like, yeah, I've done enough WrestleManias. So I it's, I don't really have that fear of missing out. I've done enough of them. So I could pass on that one. Like, great. if that card's not great, year I'm a- is a monumental year. Look, we'll talk about it next year. Let's talk about this. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. We're not even starting with WWE. Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor. Um, what number is this? 12. Uh, the poster is fire, by the way. But it's all about Kenny versus Cody. Yeah. And what we assume is the climax to this Bullet Cub breakup. I'm sure there'll be a swerve. Um, it's going to be a great match. No title on the line, no nothing, but it's still the headliner. We'll go through the card real quick on some of the better matches. Um, let's see. We have, I don't care about Chuck E.T. The Briscoes versus J. You don't Lee's. care about Chuck Taylor? What's wrong with you? No, I'm I love Chuck Taylor. And Jonathan Gresham? That's the opening Yes. Match. Oh, dog, Are you hyped for this match? 
I, I actually am. I, I'm a fan of Chuck Taylor. I love the best friends. I think Chuck Taylor's a great comedy wrestler. He's above like Toro Yano because he actually can wrestle. And Jonathan Gresham, you know, he's a flippy guy. So I think this could be a fun match. I haven't seen the PWG run. I feel like Justin Ivey was talking about this in our group chat. You got to watch more PWG. And he you said that like, Chuck E.T. has been putting in real performances, not just the comedy shit. Yeah. Like he's been wrestling his ass off. Yeah, look, man. Pro PWG wrestling comes really... with like disc and I got to download like a torrent. Like it's too much work. Uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is like necessary viewing. It was the same thing with Zack Sabre Jr. Damn, we got to talk about Secure Genesis briefly. But, um, man, yeah, Chuck Taylor, I, man, I love his. I think the guy's really fun to watch. Yeah, I got to look into it more. I, it was just a lot of comedy shit. Um, then we have the Briscoes versus Lethal and Tanahashi. You can't go well, wrong know, with that. Yeah, but we know the Briscoes aren't losing. No, God, no. But what hell of a match. Like, yes, I'm this will that. be fun. Um, Kenny King versus Silas Young. Last man standing match on this card, though. Like, how how much are you gonna have? Fifteen minutes? Twenty? Uh, I mean, come on. It's There's an odd no stipulation way. for a short card. I mean, for a long card. Yeah, Kenny King's not losing because we got to have the Austin Aries match. Um, so yeah, there's that. What is that match? Whatever Austin Aries says it is, I guess. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe Austin Aries comes out and interferes. We have. Uh, Ishii versus Punishment Martinez. Oh, I am this so... is going to be sneaky good because Mar- Punishment Martinez is nuts. And Ishii is just going to headbutt this show. Uh, take your sneaky good off it because there's nothing sneaky about this. This is going to be fucking good. On this card, though, like no one's really talking about it. But no, you look at it on paper and you're just like, what? Like you, Dog. It's so hype for that matter. There is, there is no secret that I'm a big, big Ishii mark. I think he's one of the best hard-ass baby faces in the business. And Punishment Martinez showed me a lot in the Skrull match. I think this, I think this is going to be really good to watch. Yeah, those chops are going to be crazy. Um, SoCal Uncensored versus Flip Gordon and the Young Bucks. Do they have a name? Like, you know, there's the Hung Bucks. I, yeah. We got to get them, like, a fancy little name. Um, ah. Flip Gordon and Young Bucks, they've been trying to recruit Flip Gordon in. I, I see them losing. Oh, um, you know, you're probably right. Uh, I feel like Flip Uncensored. isn't down with the crew yet. Yeah, man, I'm just not a big fan of Flip Gordon. Um, <laughs> Racism aside, said, is that what they say? No, not, not, even, not even that. I think when I watch Flip Gordon wrestle, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, it feels very orchestrated. It doesn't feel natural. It feels like he's setting up his spots. Whereas with the Bucks, like obviously they've made it clear that they can wrestle in a in a great story. They can tell a story in a match. Flip Gordon just kind of jumps around and does stuff, and it shows off his athletic ability. And then it starts to look like a choreographed dance, which is Daniel Cormier's pissed off position. Like that Osprey? He took the... <laughs> no, Osprey. Like Osprey. Osprey can really wrestle. Yeah, it feels like when Osprey does it, it's very smooth. Flip is not the same smooth. Maybe he's getting, but he's still young. He can still prove me wrong. Um, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan. But I think this will be a fun match. Uh, it's, it's gonna be not a spot gonna be fest. Like, it's a ladder match with the Bucks and Flip Gordon. It's gonna be a spot yeah. fest. So, but I think SoCal and Censor does win this match. Um, the Young Bucks, I think they're gonna have to find somebody else to be their partner because Flip Gordon ate it. No, where the hell did Scorpio Sky come from? Uh, Scorpio Sky was, I forgot, and I don't, I don't even feel like looking it up. He right just now. popped out of nowhere, though, right? Like, not, not and then really. SoCal uncensored, like Kazarian Daniel's been rocking forever, but like Scorpio Sky just pops out of nowhere. It, it was oh god I can't remember I'm, I'm forgetting now uh anyway just move on oh he I'll, was in PWG I'll, before it says interesting yeah but it was it was something it was something else and I just can't think of it 
Um, anyway, another good match: Hangman Page versus Kota Ibushi. Yeah, this is man. Look, Hangman Page has come a long way. So, Hangman, oh man, yeah, he's shown me a lot. Yeah, he's come a long way, and I think I mean Kota's Kota, so we're just gonna have a really good match. Uh, obviously, I think Kota Ibushi wins. Um, and it's a continuation of this whole Kota versus the Bullet Club thing, so I think this will be fun to watch. Yep. Um, Women of Honor Championship match. Don't care. Don't care at all. Tanel Dashwood. <laughs> Emma. Is, uh, Emma is probably going to win the whole shit. She should. Uh, then we have the villain, Marty Skrull versus Dalton Castle. Yeah. Skrull um, should win. The entrance is going to be dope either way. Both well, of them, that's that's battle of the entrances. Those are the best two entrances of the night. Uh, Skrull lost to Will Ospreay at Sakura Genesis. In one hell of a match, a bloody fest. I would... I I would need to watch it again, but it's cl- it was like a four and three quarters. I think that was an it was up there. That was a hell of a match with a well, great. Osprey almost killed defense. himself. Yeah, the Spanish fly almost murdered him. Um, and I said I feel I didn't feel like Marty Skrull could lose both of his title matches in like six days apart. Um, but now I think he will. I think <laughs> I don't I don't think Dalton Castle will lose this because it's not the main event. Yeah, I mean, that's t- the reason why I don't think Skrull win the title right now. We talked about it. I, I just think he's not elevating the belt, and he's having good matches. It's just Dalton doesn't need the belt. He's the same guy. Yeah, but you got you, you have to lose it in a better stage. This isn't the stage when the main event and the fight, the match everybody's talking about is Ke- Kota, Cody uh, Rhodes versus Kenny Omega. Ah, you almost and, did it. You almost did the Ibushi. I know, right? Um, <laughs> So this isn't the proper stage for Dalton Castle to lose the title in like a co-main event. He needs to lose it at a, a real like Supercard of Honor was never really like a pay per view. It was like the WrestleMania weekend match, it, mm-hmm. and it was something that you watched on DVD after. I, I can't remember. I, I don't think it was I pay per view until a few years ago. So I don't necessarily think this is the right stage. I think this may set up a feud where Skrull can win it at the next pay per view. I don't think he'll win it at this one. All right, and then main event. Cody versus Kenny Omega. I mean, obviously, everybody thinks Kenny's going to win this match. Um, and I, I do, too. Uh, but, yeah, the, the thing about it is, yeah, we'll probably get a really, really great match. We, we'll probably get the match of a lifetime out of Cody Rhodes, possibly. Um, but I think the story, the story coming to crescendo, because I'm not necessarily sure it's over, uh, is what everybody's paying attention to. Who sides with who, who's going where. Um, and because it's not the new Japan angle, even though there's a lot of new Japan guys here, um, I think this is, this is where we reach that particular climax where this thing is about to come to an end. Something big is going to happen. I just don't know what. Yeah. There'll definitely be a shakeup in the bullet club. It's just odd. Cause it's so dependent on being the elite now. And like that series and a lot of the buildup is on being the elite and it, like you got to follow it on so many platforms and that's still, you know, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. So it, it, to usher people in and out and then the different revenue streams and hot topping, and blah, blah, it gets a lot harder, a lot more complicated now. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes moving forward. Um, yeah, that's Super Carter Honor. Well, you wanted to touch on New Japan, though. We yes. talked a little bit about it. Dude, okay. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kazushika Okada. A completely different match than Okada's ever had. Um, this uh, this was also very close to a five star match for me. This was a very very well done match, um, and like I said to you in the group chat, 
it wasn't that Zack Sabre Jr. showing up just to lose. He's showing up to prove that he's a major player and he's a threat in the G1 climax. And I think this match established that. Um, and especially with Suzuki Gun being, you know, probably the successor to Minoru Suzuki when Suzuki Gun moves on from Minoru or whatever happens. I don't know if Minoru is ever going to retire. <laughs> years he's he's going to fight forever. Yeah, I mean, I, he can still go. He, he can absolutely still go. He's, <laughs> he's, I love watching him go. But I think this firmly established the Zack Sabre Jr. that I watched the pro wrestling gorilla and like Rev Pro as a, a completely dick heel, but who was a phenomenal talent. And a very unique talent at that. Nobody wrestles like Zack Sabre Jr. No, no one. That's true. He's, like I said, William Regal-esque. Stretching people out and shit and just chilling. Um, very different style, but it's working with the character. That I always said, I see title is his, you know, or... You know, secondary title and whatever promotion he's at is his ceiling. Um, this character can change that. And people change. Listen, they, you know, shit happens. Daniel Bryan wasn't Daniel Bryan before the Yes movement. Like, sometimes you get caught in the right character. You get caught in the right situation at the right time. Wait, what do you mean Daniel Bryan wasn't Daniel Bryan before the Yes movement? What are you talking as about? As far as, like, the push they're willing to give him. Oh, man. See, I can't. My, that's my problem with how you frame this. I can't look at how WWE pushes talent as an indicator of how good that talent is. Okay, I'm not, I wasn't talking about in-ring, just like uh, the push. I'm, like the, the character dictates the push in a I'm lot of saying, sense, like, right? Zack Sabre Jr. is a guy who, when you saw like icy titles at the ceiling, it's almost like as a talent in the ring, Zack Sabre Jr. is so unique and so good that he could be he could be whatever, right? Yes. Uh, but it, like the, the WWE would look at him and be like, who's a skinny, tall kid? And he wouldn't get anywhere. And I, I just hate to say, well, his ceiling in the WWE, because, again, not everybody needs to be in WWE. No, and even, Kota, both Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. did the right thing by not signing with the WWE. Definitely. They're, they're on both. Both have great runs. They're creating great characters. And they definitely, definitely have uh, shown that, like, you know, listen, we're main card players. We're not 205, 205 Live guys. Like, we're, we're doing this shit for real. And um, But I think character, even in New Japan... Character dictates push a lot of the time. Like you can be really good, but you you know they're still the rainmaker. You know Tanahashi's still flashy and flamboyant. Like character still pushes people. And you had the Bullet Club guys. They're always main events because the Bullet Club is characters. You had that Gaijin like heel angle. The character pushes people. And uh, shit, Naito got the push. Fine, Naito got lost for a second. Found well, the I mean, character and came right back. And the push is huge just off of the character. I think this, and the match quality is going to be there with Zach. But this felt bigger, right? Like him, him and Okada probably could have put on the same type of match two years ago. And it would have been good. Yeah. I, I was watching it and it felt bigger. He felt like a main event guy and didn't change his wrestling style at all. The character changed. The, the winning the tournament, you were right. The, the run through the tournament, submitting the guys, the promos he cut afterwards when he was getting the, the cup and everything else. I love those backstage promos. Like after you win, like UFC style, that, that shit's great where it kind of, you know, they're playing that shoot angle. And he, he cut great promos, everything he was doing, the heel character. And so by the time he got in there with Okada, he felt bigger. He felt like he belonged on that stage. And you're right, he takes that shit to G1. Listen, he could win it. Why not? I want to see this match again. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'll it could be in the same. Kingdom. They could be in the same block. 
you know, because obviously Okada will be in G1 again, so they could be in the same block. So, I mean, it was just a phenomenal match. Uh, New Japan just does a lot of things right in the building, guys. And uh, and Osprey nearly killed himself. That was the other thing to take away. <laughs> um, doing a Spanish fly on the edge of the, the apron was just ridiculous. But uh, Cody yeah, Hangman secure. Page versus Golden Lovers. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was very it was just a very setup well match. done. Yeah, but it, it, it was it was a fun fun match. I mean. The way they've been telling this story has been very well done. Uh, so let's not talk about it anymore. Let's move on to the WWE products now, starting with NXT. NXT TakeOver, um, which top to bottom, this will probably be the first time it will be really hard um, to say that it's going to be card of the weekend. Because usually, you know, ROH doesn't go all out over the top like they did this year. Um so this that will challenge for a card of the weekend, but it's right up there, man. Like, I'm so excited for this card. There's not a bad match on here. I'm hoping that they give it more time. I would hate to see this crammed, or like we've seen before. Like, we were hype off of, damn, I, I think I forgot who was like Roderick Strong might have been on the last card. It was some match, and then they dropped it off last second. So because it yeah. could only fit four, just go over the time limit. Hell the time limits. Give us two and a half hours. Everyone gets a half hour. And just let them go. Um, we'll go through the card now, though, but it, it's stacked top to bottom. We have Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. Probably the weakest match of the night. We saw it before. They told the story with the arm bar and all this stuff. This one needs to be more fast-paced. It needs to be a lot more action-packed. And I think Baszler is the new champion by the end of it. I feel like all the momentum is pointing there, but it's weird because I didn't. I told you before I never liked Ember winning the title after she had to, you know, had lost to Oscar twice. Yeah. Um, but saying it doesn't bring the division up, and that's my concern. Like I feel like all the indicators are pointing to Shayna being the new heel champion that all the babyface women have to chase. Uh huh. Um, but she ain't ready, man. Her in ring's not there. Her promos still feel weird. Like she feels like. It, it, I don't know. Her and Ronda need to work on the promos. But yeah. uh she she at least got the in ring down. Um, no, she doesn't. She really doesn't. It's it's okay. It's methodical. Carry a match. It's, it's methodical and it like dude, it was I mean, come on, let's be real. The Ember Moon Shayna Baszler match was the probably the worst match Ember Moon's had in NXT. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They told they focused a lot on the story and the arm injury and everything. It was too much. It was too slow. It was methodical. Yeah, there wasn't enough wrestling. This one has to be rest. It has to be action packed. Pick up the pace. But that's my question: Can Shayna do more than work on the arm? So I guess that's what we're going to see. I'm going to say Shayna Baszler is probably going to win because I feel like this is the direction that they're going. But Ember Moon should win because Shayna is not ready to carry the, the title yet. Yeah, Shayna will probably win. Uh, Candice has to get in the mix sooner or later because she's incredibly over as a babyface. Absolutely. Um, in every other promotion, she's going to bring that from the ground, from the ground floor, and keep it running. Um, so that'll be one hell of a few going forward. Then we have tag match. Uh, Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain versus Roger Strong and Pete Dunn. Ooh. Um, okay. So the story is, well, one, they're going with the Freebird rule because Bobby Fish is out. Because of that, Undisputed Era is going to retain. If they didn't go that route, I would see them dropping it. How is Adam Cole in two matches? Dude, I don't know. 
<laughs> if they're going, if, if they're going with the street world, world, if they're going with the street world, world, now granted, I hate doing this. We had to do this show. I have like NXT is on right now, so somebody could have Wikipedia this and ruined it. So I have no idea what's exactly going on. Um, but we do know that Bobby Fish is hurt. Yes, which makes me leads me to believe that if Fish is involved in this match, and this is this is a triple threat match or whatever the case may be. If it's Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne, look, you know what? I honestly don't know what's going on. I can, can we even trust this Wikipedia page because we haven't watched NXT yet? Um, I mean, this is – no, it's on right now. What do you want to do? We got to trust the page. It's all we got. Well, look, <laughs> I'm going to put it like this. I don't, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to go off the Wikipedia page. I was just honestly surprised say, that I seen Adam Cole in two matches, though. Yeah. When one I'm is a ladder sure. match, it's going to be brutal. I, I, the reason that Roger Strong and Pete Dunne were pulled into this tournament is because of the Bobby Fish injury. And I feel like Authors of Pain are logically moving up to the WWE. Yes. Which And here's my out there prediction. The best thing the Authors of Pain could do right now is team up with Samoa Joe and kill everybody. That's a good faction. Dude, they're all Samoans. Just kill everybody. Three monster Samoans as a faction? Look. Pay me my money now because I just came up with this. Authors of Pain moves up, teams up with Samoa Joe. Maybe the Usos move to Raw. We get like Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Author Payne and Samoa Joe. Oh, I'm with that. Give me so anyway. That's but a I great feud. Yeah, I think go. the reason Roger Sean P. Dunn were brought up were to win the title. They've established a few with the Undisputed Era. Um, Authors of Pain don't need the title; they need to move up. And if Bobby Fish is hurt, it puts the Undisputed Era on the shelf. So it seems like the logical thing to do is here is have Strong and Dunn win the title, which is a weird pairing. Such a weird I, I pairing, and I hate non-tag like non-tag teams actually winning the belt. I that's the too, case. But they I, gotta move on quick. They gotta like start hating each other quicker than Gargano and Ciampa, who we'll talk about in a second. Start hating each other really quick and drop drop the belts to like the next tag. Like TM six one has to go heal or something. Take the fucking belts off them, or just go and beat them. TM61, Street Profits, uh, War Machine's about to debut. One of the real tag teams. You got real ass tag teams. Let one of them no, win it. I agree, but I, I think without watching NXT and having no clue what's going on this week, um, as it's, as we're recording the show, I'm going to go with Roger Strong and Pete Dunne. Yeah, I feel so too. And it's such a, I didn't hate Pete Dunne as a face. Um, the guy's a heel. He's a heel, he's a heel, he's a heel. Like, You're right. I mean, dude, Roger Strong is champ, better. Champ. He can only Look, bite so many belts. I know. Roderick Strong is, is a better heel. He was a terrible baby face at Ring of Honor. And he's not a really good face at NXT. He was a great heel in PWG. But that being said, this I feel like this is the course that they're going because they just don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, injuries happen. Put you in a bond. Then we have ladder match. Inaugural NXT North American Championship. The red. Throwback looking. Uh, looks like a, a boxing championship. Uh, you are not a fan. No, man, I'm not a fan of having this title on a one-hour show. Um, I'm here for this match. This match seems like something I would create a bunch of wrestlers on WWE 2K17 and have this match. Because like <laughs> all these guys aren't in the game. I would have had to create every single one of them to put them in the game. Every single one. in 2K17, not 2K18. WWE 2K17, I would create them, put them in this game. Because this match shouldn't be happening. But it is. I'm happy it's happening. I am not happy it's for the NXT North American title. I would have been more happy it was for the NXT Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh, that would have been so dope. I didn't even think about that. They should have got a Money in the Bank. Nonetheless, 
Um, Adam Cole versus EC3, who has a dope ass entrance song. Yeah, the one percent. They did right by him. Um, Killian Dane, who is officially just out of sanity. Fuck, he's outgrown sanity. Yeah, at agreed. this point, he, sanity might not move up. Killian Dane might move up by his damn self. Um, Lars Sullivan, who I love the direction they're going with his character. He's not just like the stupid brute. He's like ultra intelligent, which makes him creepier and scarier. And you've seen his hands, a big ass, big ass mitts. Um, Velveteen Dream, always entertaining. And the one and only Ricochet. You don't need my prediction, man. You know what the hell? You know I'm going with this. So you're just going with your heart saying Ricochet is winning the title. Ricochet's winning the title in his debut. All right. All right. I'm going. They got to make him feel special. He can't cut promos yet. Uh, There's not. He, he needs the belt to establish him off of day one. Ricochet wins. I love what you're trying to say, but I think this is completely built for. Okay. There's an order. There's a pecking order of how I think this title should go. All right. EC3 should get this title. He's built for a title. He can elevate a title, which is I don't I don't I don't think Ricochet can elevate a new title. No, the title elevates him. Yeah, but it's a North American title that nobody's seen before, so it elevates nobody. You have to the person holding it elevates the title. Fair. EC3 is the best person for this. Adam Cole would be, but I think Adam Cole sooner or later needs to challenge for the actual NXT title. So he would be second in the pecking order. Third in the pecking order would be Ricochet. No, I'm sorry. Third in the pecking order would be Velveteen Dream because he's the dark horse and nobody expects to win this match. But Velveteen Dream holding that title elevates that title because he's such a good character. Yeah. Nobody he, and nobody. Oddly enough, he falls into that character spot where he doesn't need a title. Right, but but this title means nothing. So why not give it to him? Very true. Um, and I feel, but and then like Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan, I just think they're in this match to start a feud. That those two will end up feuding. That being said, Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane will start a feud, so they're out. Ricochet and Velveteen Dream will start a feud, so they're out. Mm-hmm. Which brings it down to me to Adam Cole or EC3, and I think EC3 is the logical choice to win the title. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. You could be right. Ricochet could win this title. But I think EC3 is such a good character and turns into completely dick heel and wins this, this title and makes this title matter when I really hate this title's, the idea of this title to begin with. Shitting on the title. It's not a bad title. It is a bad title. I've, I've wanted a secondary title for a long time. Yeah, but the North American title? Okay, listen, I, I don't know. I would have went with television title, but they're not on TV. Like, like if I had to bring something back, I would have brought the TV wait, title. Does it mean the winner of this title doesn't wrestle but for like once a month like Pete Dunne did when he has the UK title? Is that what it means when you're the North American champion? Then I don't want any of these guys to happen. No, I, I think this is going to be on the show weekly. But um, I, I think they're going for a champion on every show. So one week NXT champion would you know take the, go, take the show home. The next week the women's champion. Then the next week North American champion. And that shit leaves Pete Dunne in limbo. But yeah, that's, if he's that's, a tag a really terrible way to build feuds. Yeah, like it's a, a really horrible way. I mean, we only yeah, see yeah. these people every three month, every three weeks anyway. That's been I know, but adding, anyway. that's my point. Adding another title, like, what does that do for already uh, for a, a show that barely has enough time to promote all the fights that they have in the first place? Just make that third week feel a little bit more special. <sighs> yeah, um, Gargano versus Champa. Yes, that's the next match. Gargano versus Champa. The unsanctioned match. Unsanctioned, which uh, they just stop saying no DQ. Everything's just unsanctioned. 
Well, they're saying unsanctioned because Johnny Gargano's not in NXT. Yeah, I understand, but it, I mean, I feel like they've just gone away from the non DQ. Everything's always unsanctioned now. Um, dude, this match feels like I don't. I really it's don't steal care. the weekend. Still the weekend in this match. This this could be a, a, a completely ridiculous match, um, but I think there's so much value in Gargano not winning this match in a weird way. I think it it just it sucks because there's really no place for him on the main roster. No, except two hundred five live, which is where I don't want to see him. Um, Even though it's gotten is, better, Buddy but, Murphy turning in good performances and shit. Yeah, which but but I say that to say this. Tommaso Ciampa, I think, should win this match because he has so much heat right now. Mm-hmm. But if they found a way to keep Gargano in NXT and continue this thing, I think it'd be a little bit better. But they got to put a button on the feud. So I think Gargano win. Well, I don't know. Like, if Gargano wins, what the hell does he do in NXT? It's, that's kind of a weird place to be. Like, Ciampa uh-huh. is a guy who I can legit see in NXT fighting for a title. And I'm comp- totally fine with it because he hasn't really competed as a singles wrestler. Yeah. Gargano had his win at the title. So I'm going to say Gargano loses this match, and I just I don't know what they're going to do with him after that. But I think Gargano he's just he's like the Daniel Bryan. He's well, the like stipulation he loses, he goes. Yeah, but I'm just saying down. I don't know what they do with him when he goes. And oh, I have yeah, concern yeah. over that. Um, but I think Ciampa is is, is such heat um, that I think he sh- he could win this match and move on to bigger and better things in NXT. I think you're right. Um, I, Gargano winning would be so great, but I think the moment. Is bigger if he loses, right? And Champa just stands there. You elevate Champa, you make Champa a real ass heel by winning, because everyone's gonna be rooting for Gargano. You yo, built the story I mean, so everyone Champa can't say a word at this point. The crowd yeah. boos him so damn bad, and him winning is just like ripping the crowd's heart out, and you're just solidifying him as that just don't give a damn heel. If there's any way if, that I believe that the main roster would handle Johnny Gargano the right way, kind of like how they did with Daniel Bryan as like this superb underdog who comes from the bottom and works his way to the top, then I'd be all for Gargano losing. I'm not all for it right now because I don't know what they do with him. It didn't work for Sami Zayn. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, man, I think this will be an excellent match. But I just think Ciampa should win because he's he's just he's so good right now as a heel. He's really good. Oh, yeah. That shirt is so dope. I got to find somewhere to get that shirt. With the beard? The black heart yeah. shirt? Yeah. That shirt's absolutely. crazy. Main event, Andrade Cien Almas versus Aleister Black. This could be, honestly, this could be a five-star match. Could be. Um, I'm, I'm just worried that it goes on after Gargano and Ciampa and the air is not out of the building. I don't think it will. I think the women's match will be before this. I think the, they might kick off the show with Gargano Ciampa. Oh, that's incredible. So everyone got to follow that. Like, there you go. Gargano, Ciampa. Then it has to go tag match. Yeah. And then ladder match. Then women. That's I it. think that'd be, that'd be the smart thing to do. But, um, yeah. Anyway, let's get to this match. Cien Amis, uh, which I love the character. He definitely has a darker feel this time around. A little bit more vicious. Been whooping uh, Aleister Black's ass. That being said, I think they're going to move Cien Amis up. I think Zelina Vegas go, Zelina Vega goes with him. She's a great, great manager for him and valet. Um, I think he has a place now on the main roster. Not 205 Live, no bullshit. I think he fits. To let him cut promos in Spanish, just passionate promos. Give him little subtitles. They have words on the TVs anyway in SmackDown. They give him the subtitles, all that shit. It feels good. It feels real. Zelina Vega does his talking in English. I, they found something. They found something that works for this kid. And he's really good in ring. 
But so you're picking Alistair Black. Alistair Black, yeah. Fucking Cian Amos goes up. Alistair Black is winning. Black, I, Mass, and then we, we roll into it. You know, if Adam if EC3 doesn't win the belt, that's a great heel face feud. Uh, Adam Cole, like you mentioned, who already has beef. Him and Alistair Black have they built this feud up for the past five weeks. So um that can go that way. It I feel like these mania cards always end with a bang too. So you just you just never know what the hell you're gonna get. Uh, look, I said it from the beginning. I don't want Cian Almas to lose this match. I want him to win this match and hold the title for a long time. There's, I completely disagree with you. There's no place for him on the main roster right now. Uh, I don't know. I think the There's, character works well. Authors of Pain have a place on the main roster because the tag division in on Raw is lacking. There is uh, Authors of Pain could immediately well, SmackDown too. Yeah, more so Raw because you got the Bloods and Brothers, the Usos, and the New Day. Okay. All, yeah. Raw, you literally have nobody to compete for uh, Sheamus and Cesaro for the title, aside from Braun and Brains. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Anyway. That segment was gold, though. Yeah, Braun was... and Brains is a great tag team name. But um, Authors of Pain could immediately have a place. Where does Cien Amos go in NXT? Talk, Ty, I mean, in, in, in SmackDown, Ty Dillinger barely gets any time. Ty yeah, Dillinger just doesn't have valet and doesn't have, like, the yeah, next, nobody cares. The There's next just no version room. of fucking... Um, Rio. Like, nah, look, look, we can move on to WrestleMania. I don't want to spend too much time on this because this show is long. It's going to be an um, amazing match. But I, I'm picking Cian Almas because I think that he deserves to hold that title and bring more prestige to it. So when he loses it, it really matters. I don't think losing it right now is like such a big deal. I, people love Aleister Black. They're still going to love their interest even if he loses Alistair this. Aleister Black's undefeated, right? He, uh, Singles competition. Yeah, which that's it's not the same as Oscar undefeated. He's lost in the in a match, um, and he got pinned too. So th- none of that really matters. I just think it's really Cian Almas's time, and he should carry this title for at least another two pay per views. Well, and at least another one, and probably lose it at the second one. Come up around but, SummerSlam then. Lose, yeah, yeah, win, somewhere around win that money in the bank. Come up at SummerSlam. Like, clear up the main roster stuff first before you bring him up. I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle, yeah. and I damn sure don't want him on 205. They got to start making some cuts on the main roster. Like, yeah. not either cuts or ushering out the old people. Like, Kane was in a main angle. He's 51 yeah, no. years old. It's yeah, time yeah, to go. Right. Titus but, O'Neil uh, gets weekly television time. You are now just a manager. If, if, yeah. if Apollo needs it to get over, cool. You're now just a manager. This tag team shit gotta go. You you're old. Get the hell out of here. Like you gotta start clearing that stuff up on the roster, and they they haven't done it. Yeah. So anyway, Cian Almas, I love. I just enjoy him too much as a champion, and I think he brings a lot more than the title. I don't. I don't think Alistair Black needs it right now. All right, let's move to WrestleMania. Wow. All right. This long ways to get here. WrestleMania 34. The card looks really good. Um. For my money, WrestleMania 30 is probably the best in the past 10 years. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah, 30, 30. 24, yeah. To, 24 to 34. It's the best, in my opinion. I watched it the other day. That was really good. On paper, this looks as good as that. Yeah, 30 and uh, whatever one where Seth Rollins won the title was was really pretty damn good. I mean, Sting and Triple H. Yeah, Sting and Triple H is still like one of those things. I was like, wow. 
I watched it even though the wrong guy won. That was really fun and full of shenanigans. Yeah, the felt shenanigans were great. Not a great match. The shenanigans but yeah, were fun. WrestleMania uh, 30 was really a really good WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, from the lineup is like you go, oh my god, like so much independent talent. Yeah, uh, there's a little bit for everything. A little bit. There's a little bit of everything for everyone on this card. Um, you know, us the Smarks get Styles Nakamura. Um, people get to see Ronda Rousey, the casual fans, you know, the, the women out there. Shout out to the women who don't watch wrestling but want to see Rousey. Um, man, there's, there's a little bit of everything for everyone. So let's go through the card. We'll talk about some of the builds as we go through, but, you know, we got to make our predictions. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, just a prediction. I don't give a fuck about a build. I don't care. How about that? Because th- this that winning, winning that, this tur- ain't that yo. Winning this battle royal has done nothing for anybody that's won it. No, it hasn't. Um, Mojo Rowley won last year. That My should point tell exactly. you all you need to know about this. I'll give it broken Matt Hardy. Why not? Uh, you know what? I'll, fuck it. I'll say Ty Dillinger. No, I'll say Elias if he's in it. There you go. Okay. I think Elias is getting jumped by the celebs, by the way. I agree. But if Elias is in it, he should win because he, he has nothing to do. Women's battle royal. Um... Sasha or Bailey? I, I would say <laughs> the same. Whoever turns heel wins this match. I'm going Becky Lynch. Those will be the final three. I think Becky Lynch and eliminates both of them after they bicker. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not mad at that. But been uh, booking Becky really strong on SmackDown. I just feel like... For like two weeks. The fact that we're not getting a Sasha versus Bailey one-on-one match at WrestleMania sucks. Yeah. So I feel like they're saving it for the next pay-per-view. Yep. It's a um, backlash but, match. Yes, I think somebody's going to treat somebody like whoever turns heel is the winner of this. Because um, I, I don't Sasha's like Becky Lynch. Win, but yeah, if they go Bailey, it'd be the surprise route, and you probably could do that at WrestleMania and get away with it. Yeah. Um, and Becky winning just doesn't really do anything for her. It's like, yeah, yeah I won, but there's no guaranteed title shot. It means nothing. You just won it. No, won she wins like, the she wins the cup that looks like a set of ovaries. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, yes. moving on. <laughs> um, Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. If you guys don't care about Two Hundred Five Live. Change that whole attitude. That shit has been great for the past three weeks. The tournament was really good. Um, if you guys have extra time, it won't be this week. But go back, watch some of the matches. It's been really dope. Uh, what can I say? Triple H might have the magic touch. Change it around a little bit. Just got back to the wrestling. Uh, Mustafa Ali has been cutting great promos. They only put them on YouTube. Um, but he does like vignettes and promos. They're really good. But it's Cedric Alexander's time. I'm, I'm say Ced wins. Yeah, Mustafa. Ali, from what I've seen, because I don't watch the week to week, I have watched stuff on like YouTube. Um, he's cutting great underdog promos where he's he's legit a guy that nobody thought would be in this this championship match, um, but here he is. And could he win for the feel good moment? Sure, but we got like too many matches for that to matter. Uh, Cedric Alexander should win this in a phenomenal match. Yep. Oh, and uh, by the way, Neville comes back and wrecks both of them anyway. Uh, send Neville to New Japan or something. <laughs> you want everybody in New Japan. I wouldn't mind I just want, or, or even like I wouldn't even mind Neville in Ring of Honor. I just, ugh, I just maybe he could come back, but anyway, I don't know. I think they got. I think they settled the, the dispute now that Trips is in charge. It's you possible have to make a house call. Um, let's see on the rest of the card. This shit is stacked. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, all signs. Point to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn losing, and this whole Going rehired by Smack, 
the whole rehired by SmackDown thing leads me to believe if they lose, they would they would go to Raw. However, it sounds really shitty for Daniel Bryan to lose his first match upon his return. But I'm going out on a limb here and saying either Shane or Daniel Bryan, one of those two turn heel and and they lose this match. All right. Yeah, I'm saying uh, Daniel Bryan actually gets pinned. Shane McMahon turns on Daniel Bryan, welcoming Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back to SmackDown as his guys. And you build the narrative of Daniel Bryan once again as that underdog against the authority figure. And against a McMahon who was trying to bury him. Um, he gets fired the SmackDown after that. He gets smart, fired his GM. They bring in a new GM. All that shit. And that's how you build him back into a normal talent. So I am going to say Kevin and Sammy win. Shane McMahon turns. Yeah, my only my only problem with I think you went a step too far with Shane teaming with Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane in my logic, but in WWE logic, it's perfectly possible. You can get your ass kicked and you'd be like, "Yo, I'm gonna join forces with you." Um, I just think, in a strange way, it'll be really fun to see Daniel Bryan turn heel. And for even though it ruined it for everybody, I think people would throw up if he turned heel, <laughs> but. A Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens stable would be really fun to watch. Oh, that'd be great. Like it would be like the Yep movement, the Yep Yes. I don't know what the hell they would call it. Um, but I, but I think the last, I think the right way to go is have Shane McMahon turn on Daniel Bryan because they've built up so much tension. They shouldn't really just have a straight up and down match. Their, their tension should really culminate. If this feud has meant anything, it should culminate here. Yep. Um... What else? We have Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. I mean, no way Ronda loses her first match. No. Ronda wins, and I have her submitting Triple H by armbar. And no, I don't Looks think Looks a lot stronger. Yeah, no, I don't think this makes any sense to have Ronda submit to Triple H. I mean, Triple H has been taking a lot of losses lately. Trips is going to take I, the angle slam right into the armbar. <laughs> I, I just think it's better. I think it's the visual of Ronda Rousey submitting Stephanie after Stephanie smacked her. Makes the most sense. One way or another, I don't think we're seeing them lose. The Ronda's not losing her first. No, Ronda's tapping someone. Yeah. Um, We have the Usos on the main card, baby, versus the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. I expect this to be a good match. Hopefully, they get more than twelve minutes. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm taking the Usos to win here. They get the WrestleMania moment. They win. Um, That Bludgeon Brothers feud that can happen still. Uh, I think the reason, like, they, it's a triple threat match, which makes it okay for the Bludgeon Brothers not to win, right? Mm-hmm. So one one of these guys could pin the other. New Day don't need the titles. They've had their moment in the sun. The Usos could very well get their moment in the sun. Unless, unless my theory proves to be correct and the Usos end up on Raw and the, with the, all the other shit I said before, then the Usos could lose. But I think the Usos should win here. Yeah, I think New Day ends up going back to Raw. So this is how they're going to take the pin and they're going to be out. Um, yeah. And that leaves Bludgeon Brothers and the Usos to continue carrying on the feud for these tag team titles until a different tag team steps up. And, yep, Usos win. But a good match, nonetheless. Uh, Cesaro Sheamus versus Braun Strowman and Brain Strowman. I would give the nod to Cesaro and Sheamus, which sucks because I would love Braun Strowman to be a one-man tag team champion. I would hate it. To be completely honest with you, I think it just... Braun Strowman needs to team up with somebody and if he's going to win the titles it should really be attacked i don't want to see you him ruin all the like, fun that's that's not fun <laughs> it's, it's a tag, handicap it's a tag match. match that's hilarious yeah, but, 
Sheamus and Cesaro deserve better than to lose the one man yeah. and drop the titles. And Cesaro and Sheamus, like I said, if Doth is a pain in moving up to Raw, there's a few there that I'd like to see. Um, I don't think Strowman should win this thing. I think Cesaro and Sheamus should win, like you said. Uh, and Strowman, I don't know how he loses. Maybe it's the author's of pain. I don't know. Whatever it is, some, maybe Samoa Joe shows up and ruins it for Braun. I don't know. But uh, I don't want to see Braun lose, but I think it makes the most sense unless he gets a partner that's going to take the fall for him. Yeah. Well, then he has to have a partner, and then his next feud has to be directly into a feud with his partner. Maybe. I for mean, losing. Whatever the case, I just don't want to see Cesaro and Sheamus lose the title. I, I enjoy them as the bar. No, they're a great tag team as bar. I don't want to disband them. I just thought it'd be great for them to lose for a second. Um, we have Charlotte versus Asuka. Women's championship match. This could be one of the top matches of the night. It should be. Could be. Uh, their styles. Charlotte's, like I said, she's tall. Kind of you know, lanky. We'll see how she works with Asuka. I don't know if it's going to be better than that Sasha Banks match that was on Raw. But I think they're going to make it feel bigger. Charlotte's definitely going to get the big entrance. We'll see what they do for Asuka. Um, Asuka wins the belt, though. Yeah. It, like You can't really end the streak right now. So here's the thing. I'm having Asuka win. If Asuka were to lose to anybody right now, it would be Charlotte. Because the last person I want to see Asuka lose to is Ronda Rousey. Not yet, because Ronda ain't even close to ready. So that's the only thing. Now, that being said, Asuka should win this match. Carmella should try to cash in, and Asuka should kick her head off. And let's end that bullshit now. There. I like, once again, Twitter. Uh, Twitter logic prevails. The ending for this match with that hurt, and I was like, oh, you know what? That's super dope. Is that Carmella comes in, cashes in, right before Asuka's about to lose to Charlotte, kicks Charlotte, Think she's going to beat Charlotte, hits Charlotte with whatever her finisher is. I think it's like the little Xbox uh, face buster. And right before she goes to pin Charlotte, Asuka catches her and makes her submit. So Asuka wins the title, but doesn't pin Charlotte for it. She gets it because now it's a triple threat match and beats Carmella for it. Yeah, I think it's too many shenanigans for this type of WrestleMania. They could do that on the next pay-per-view, though, and I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, this is WWE, man. It's all shenanigans. Oh, wow. um, and they'll think, oh, we're keeping Charlotte strong. Why? Because Charlotte has to go against Ronda at SummerSlam. So, switch brands. You never lost your title. You didn't get paid for your title. Switch brands. Go after the other belt. Get ready for Rousey. Um, talking about the other belt, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. I think we see a run-in. I think we see Nia survive the run-in. Nia Jax is your next champion. And this is a moment. This is the, you know, for all women thing, all body types. We're all equal. Yada, yada, yada. Storyline. Nia probably cries, even though she's a monster heel who's kind of turning face. Um, so that's that's where that goes. Um, I'm picking Alexa to win because she, everybody expects Nia to squash her. Some shenanigans. But let me just say this. This whole fat shaming thing sucks. It's it horrible angle. In, horrible it shouldn't angle. be in this angle because Alexa Bliss dealt with an eating disorder. And you remember when they called Mickey James Piggy James? Mm-hmm. So... Why are we doing this again? Like, it could really just be, I I used you, you were a monster, I used you to help me out, and now I turned on you. But this whole fat shaming angle sucks. It could be so um, easy. Yeah, but the WWE has to inject this stupid bullying angle. It's, it's dumb. But uh, Alexa Bliss, I want Alexa Bliss to win this match, and they continue this feud. Um, I don't think they need to change the titles. I think Alexa is a, is a gr- better heel than Nia would be as the champ. Because I don't really see anybody that's challenging Nia for that title off the bat. Um, 
especially with Sasha and Bailey are about to engage in this feud. So I think they have a return match in the next pay per view. I think it Lux pulls it out here. Mm, that's fair. I just think you, you to have the fat shamer <laughs> and I know, the bully I know. go over after you play those cards. That's a hard hard look, way to go. Look, if if Triple H could be Booker T after calling him a nappy headed guy and asking him to be a chauffeur, anything's possible. <laughs> you didn't watch that today. That's yes, a damn shame. Uh, Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode versus Jenna Mahal versus Rusev. And this is it, Rusev, Rusev Day. God damn it, I quit. It's time. It's Rusev Day. Give the man a belt. I, I, dog, I agree with you. I just don't like. If you go the opposite direction, then Jinder's going to win this title because he's been the guy that's going to be getting beat up and pushed out. Bobby Roode's not winning it. Um, Randy oh, Orton could win it. Yeah, because I just don't see him winning it. Um, I, but I think Rusev is the guy to pick here. Uh, give him the U.S. title back. He's super over. That makes the most sense. But I just have this weird feel. Nah, you know what? Nah, Jinder was just world champion. You had your run in the sun. Give it to Rusev. It'll either be Rusev or Randy Orton retaining. Is Rusev but I'm gonna, day? I hope it's not Randy Orton. They I give Randy Orton everything. Don't they, though? But, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Rusev. I'm with you on this. Um, the Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. The Demon doesn't lose. End of discussion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the question is, dog, dog, there's just no way you have WrestleMania without the demon, or else I might throw something at my TV. Because <laughs> no, listen, yo, it's that, it's that WrestleMania about to be valuable. We're not yo, throwing that at TV. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's WrestleMania. It's Finn Balor. It's the entrance. They haven't even talked about him being the demon. Nope. So I feel like it has to happen. But uh, I, there's a part of me that's like, we might just see the blue smurf Finn Balor again. Which would be, which would suck if that happens. If he comes out normal, he's losing. The Miz is retaining if he comes out normal. I don't think Seth Rollins is winning this title. It's either Finn Balor or the Miz. Um, if Miz is the demon, I mean, if Finn Balor is the demon, Finn wins because everybody expects the Miz to lose. But they keep hanging that 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 title, breaking that record, and I think it's the Miz could break it. Uh, we'll see. It's longevity though. You can get it back at a different time and still break it. Um, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm, 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 mm. I'm happy either way. Um, AJ beat Nak. I believe in New Japan, right? New Japan won. AJ won. Wrestle um, Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom, right? I, I feel like <laughs> AJ won. That was such a good fucking match. How do I not know who won? Um, damn. All right. Nonetheless, I think uh, Nakamura goes over. I think they give him the belt. I think it's his time. I think they built this up so he can have his WrestleMania moment. It's not going to hurt AJ Styles. Nothing hurts AJ Styles. He'll be right back Nak- in the title picture. Nak beat AJ Styles at Wrestle Kingdom. Then they had a handshake at the end. And then AJ Styles was out the next night. Oh, shit. Well, because this might be the opposite direction. Exactly. AJ Styles. Uh, but then where does Nak go? With a loss, where does Nak? I, I know. If, if it wasn't for the Jinder Mahal thing, I'd be perfectly okay saying, with him losing. He just lost that title matches. Yeah. I'd be perfectly okay with him losing, and then there'd be a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Um, but because of that, I'm going to say Nak beats AJ. Because I just feel like you've done so much work to get Nak here to this moment. And it's really weird because unlike AJ Styles, Nakamura needs to have a great opponent to have a great match. It's really weird. AJ could fight my lamp and have a five-star <laughs> match. Nakamura really can't do that. And I don't know who the next heel in line is on SmackDown to challenge him. 
Um, well, we might have a so shakeup though. So we, yeah, but even still, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Kevin Owens. But I feel like th- there's this thing where AJ's pretty much beat everybody on SmackDown. So maybe he just loses the knock here. I want AJ to win because I think AJ is like the torchbearer for SmackDown. It's only right to keep the title on him until I feel like Kevin Owens eventually takes it. Um, but I feel like with Nakamura losing to Jinder Mahal, it was like, well, you lost to Jinder. You can't lose to AJ. This is your time. Yeah. In a, an absolutely stellar match. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, match of the night. It seems like, oh, yeah, of course you're picking that match of the night. No, I think they're delivering. Um, AJ Styles, like you said, AJ really doesn't miss on his matches. And Nakamura fights to the level of his competition. And it really does. It really doesn't get better competition than this. So I expect them to really show out. Um, last match, Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Wait, Whoa, wait, wait. that's not the last match. Wikipedia, you fooled me again. Well, John Cena versus The Undertaker. Do we get it? Yo, I'm really confused because if you because if you do get it, that's 14 matches on this card. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, a, and, it's a long day. And I'm kind of okay with them not doing it, except they've done all this shit for the past four weeks that says you really should do it against American Badass and John Cena. Um, so I'm not making a prediction on the match itself. I'm making a prediction whether we see the match or we don't see the match. Um, we see the match. I think we see the mask, and we see American badass. Yeah, and if it's the American badass, I don't like. I don't know, man. It's time to go, Undertaker. Like to be honest with you, like John Cena should lose. Like he should totally beat the Undertaker because it's time for the Undertaker to go. Um, like I can't even see this match being good. No. Uh, so again, I'm not going to predict the match, but I feel like we've done so much to get here. If we if we don't get a match, I, I just I have no idea what the fuck is going on. I think we get a match. I think, you know, Badass comes in and wins it, and Undertaker goes off on a win and not a loss. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they build it, though. We'll see what the surprise is for that. Now, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns closing the show. Feels like deja vu. Over under 10 minutes for this match. Over. Ooh, okay. I'm picking the same. I watched the first match the other day. It wasn't bad. Yeah. The first WrestleMania one, like, Reigns took an ass whooping. He built it up that he could take an ass whooping. He wouldn't give up. And then Seth, you know, brought it home. But it wasn't a bad match. No. Uh, obviously, we both know our predictions, right? Like, I, I didn't need to give Roman Reigns. And he stands there holding the belt up. Look, dude. There would be nothing that I would like more than Brock Lesnar beating Roman Reigns in this match. For two reasons. Because they've planted these really strange seeds in this match where Paul Heyman is giving interviews talking about Brock. We all know Brock's going back to the UFC. Hmm. Do we? If we're going that route, what, what, why are we doing Why are we planting these seeds? It's unnecessary. It kind of taints Roman Reigns' victory because we all think that Roman Reigns is going to win because everybody thinks Brock is going back to the UFC, which he still has to serve a six-month suspension. Mm -hmm. So there is nothing I would like more than the the ultimate swerve to be happening. We've built all this time to Roman Reigns Reigns winning the title, but Brock Lesnar just beat him. That'd be great. Um, I would love it, but that's not going to happen. Like We all know what's about to happen. Who am I fooling, right? (laughs) Reports say that Lashley is waiting in the wings. Um, for what? That they signed Lashley. He, no, you know, what is he waiting for? 
No, just for his debut. Like they're just stashing it. They don't, they don't have an angle. Um, one Lashley's a way better wrestler now than when he left. No, he is, but he's he's not a really great. He's never been a great promo. But. No, but you know Lesnar winning and Lashley coming out face to face Lesnar and building that feud on Raw, not no, the just same night. to end the show. No, come on, man! Like you don't do that. You don't. You don't bring out a new talent at the end of a WrestleMania. What? That's a pop. That's a surprise. No, that's not that big of a look. There are so many people who watch the WWE right now who see Lashley and will shrug their shoulders. Oh shit! Well, I think it make them look bigger. People no, tune it, in on Monday. You do it on you do it on Raw if you bring Lashley back. But either way, if you bring Lashley back against Lesnar, Brock winning gets the pop. Like it gets. It's not the equivalent of Brock beating Taker. Where it's just silence everywhere, but it's pretty damn shocking. Yeah. So so anyway, yeah, we both got Roman Reigns running. It'd just be my dream scenario that that Brock just crushes everybody's dreams and he loses the title at a later date. Um, but just not to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because it, it's been too predictable. It's too projected. We don't need this, but we're gonna get it. That'd be Vince's best decision of the year. <laughs> like yeah. Vince just saved the ultimate swerve for the end. Like, four-year plan to build up Reigns, and he loses. It's like, oh, True. Vince, you old bastard, you got us again. Um, so, no, that's the, the long weekend ahead for us. This has been a long show. Uh, we talked everything on this show. I'm excited for Mania and for everything surrounding it. Man, I might even watch that TNA card on Twitch. Make uh, right. Justin yeah. Ivy very happy on Friday night. I have something to talk about with them. Um, but no, it's, it's a great weekend. You guys, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale, the show at the corner LSN. We'll be talking wrestling, uh, you know, man, today, all the way through Sunday or Monday and Tuesday again, because we get the Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, except for Saturday night, because we want to freeze. And I'm telling you, you'll catch a super kick out of random. Don't play with me. Do not ruin our show. So, outside of that, though, use the hashtag Quartermania on Sunday. Talk to us about WrestleMania. We'll start using it actually during the day when we're tweeting about NXT and ROH and all that stuff. So, an entire Sunday is Quartermania. If you guys watch the stuff on Saturday, that's cool. If you want to watch it again Sunday morning with us because you ain't got shit else to do and we're just eating and waiting for uh, WrestleMania to start, you guys are more than welcome. Use the hashtag. Come chill with us. It's better to talk to me early in the day anyway. I'm be stupid drunk. Andreas has way too much liquor at his crib. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is going to be our day. Thank you guys for listening. Nin, for right now, though, we're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.